This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me You not gonna do nothing, you are not above me I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, it's me and my only friends, which includes, but is not limited to, my dude, Kill the Game, Kill, Kill Bane. Bane. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Kill Bane, what's yes. up? Kill That's the Game, Kill Bane. Kill the Game, Bane. Kill, Kill the, the Game, Bane. Bane. What's poppin', right. Henry? How you He's feeling? Back. Dude, feels amazing to be back, man. Back in the studio, back on the mm -hmm. pod, back in Vegas. It's you, came, you came at the right time. It really did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of spicy right now. Oh, uh, I know, it's one. heating up. <laughs> Hey, Henry, how's your shoulder, by the it, way? It's good, bro. Thanks for asking. Yeah, full, fully recovered, full range of motion now. Did you I, end up getting that second surgery? I know you had to go somewhere else to get surgery or yeah, something. Yeah, they cut me up real good, put well, it back together. Tell the people what good. you did. Tell the people what we're talking about <laughs> he here. He done diddly fucked himself up. Kind of. what he did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't. I was just doing the same drive that I would do every day, and yeah. uh, some guy decided to Somebody just... Somebody else. Recklessly, yeah, recklessly pull, doing pull the same out. drive. Nah, nah. Come on, bro. Nah. Dude, I, look, I was doing the speed limit and everything. Okay. Like, I got to know you a little bit over the last year. You're, yeah, you're, you drive, bro. You're a psychopath. Yeah. I mean, like, you have do a I do wish. a lot of extreme sports? Yes. But when it comes to riding bikes in Thailand, like, that's just one thing that I won't fuck with. Yeah. yeah. And, like, even before the crash, I was... You I, didn't know it was going to be an extreme sport. <laughs> I mean, every day just feels like uh, you're rolling the dice out there. Like, I, yeah, it's, it's It seems bad. like there's just so people sketch. flying by and, like... This is like yeah. nonstop. Every I watched direction. this TikTok. Well, it was a reel. I don't, I don't have TikTok, but on Instagram reels, uh, it was this guy on a crotch rocket, and he's filming himself on a, what I assume is a GoPro, and he's listening to to George Michael. Na, 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 da, da, na, na. I can't think of the song. Whatever. Yeah, you got it. Uh, and he's singing it at the top of his lungs while going what I can only assume to be two hundred miles an hour. So, and it's like a highly trafficked trafficked. Uh, highway. Careless so Whisper. He, he, yes, Careless Whisper. He's screaming that. Careless Whisper yeah. while there are just taillights flashing by like Christmas trees. <laughs> and he's just weaving. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, for sure, I'm the guy going four miles an hour, looking down at my phone, lightly tapping the brakes to not hit the guy in front of me while I'm trying to kill time in traffic. Don't notice that this Yahoo is coming up in my blind spot accidentally cut a little bit too far to the left to see if I can get past traffic and just killed motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. Like, like I sure. mean, that's just a that's death wish. I've seen those you. guys. No, I mean, I was I was doing 70, um, which is about 45 miles an 70 hour. 70 kilometer. So. Yeah, yeah, 70 kilometers, about 45 miles an hour, uh, driving down this dual carriageway, super clear vision, but I was coming over this hill, which had like a little bit of a blind spot. And the guy, yeah, just like, Drove out to do a U-turn in the middle of the road. Didn't see me or my brother come in. Um, his wife, who was on the back of his bike, saw us first, and I literally heard her scream before we like uh, we even hit. He didn't even see me without exaggerating until like I was this far away from his head. Oh like, my! I remember his face just like turning, and you, I, if you've ever seen someone like in a movie 
uh you know when they like see a ghost or a monster mm -hmm. and their face just turns from normal to you know holy Pale shit white, yeah. yeah and his face just dropped and i've mm. just gone bang luckily uh subconsciously like I, I would love to take credit for this but i just jumped from my bike so my bike kind of just rocketed into them they went flying up in the air and just before impact and i think this actually saved my life um i just launched myself from the bike bro i, I was just like okay like i i don't know why it. i'm just jumping yeah. i ditched i went flying everything was bliss Dude. and peaceful and uh yeah then i hit the ground and it's like okay well and, and now everything is broken <laughs> yeah i mean it was weird the first reaction was anger like i hit the ground and i was like okay i was like doing a scan of my body is like, okay i think i'm alive like nothing feels bad and i was like trying to like touch myself and like see if like anything was hanging off um i was like okay this feels okay and because of adrenaline like everything felt yeah, okay right right and then I've looked up and I've seen my brother. My brother was on a bike behind me and he was just getting up off the tarmac because basically they went flying in the air, their bike hit the ground and he didn't have time to move out of the way. So he's gone flying into their bike and then he's just been launched off of his bike like a good, you know, 30, 40 yards. Mm -hmm. He's scratched up everywhere, but luckily he didn't break anything. He gets up off the ground and he like looks over at me and then looks over at the, the two people that are on the bike he's like you could have fucking killed someone like what are you doing i'm like dominic bro like <laughs> chilled man <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like we don't need to get in a fight right now right. so i've gone to like get up and that's when i realized that okay you're pretty fucked up oh, like stay down yeah, you know yeah. was it just uh, your shoulder or did you break anything else uh so i broke my shoulder and so my my clavicle clean uh my shoulder had hairline fractures all down it and then i didn't even know i had broken ribs until i sent um the x-ray to a couple of friends like it was pretty bad healthcare out there, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I sent it to some buddies in Europe and they're like, hey, like the clavicle, we understand, the shoulder, we understand. Do you know you've got four broken ribs? Oh my God. And I was like, no, I had like, no idea. I mean, yeah. to be fair, they don't, yeah. they're not gonna do anything. They're just gonna wrap yeah, it they bandage around gotta, you. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they told help. me to just, um, mm -hmm. to just take like deliberate deep breaths every day and mm -hmm. just like try it. Like, cause the, the biggest concern is that you don't, use your lung capacity enough oh, yeah. and that your ribs set in like a, oh, in so a weird way. so then you won't never be able to like take a deep yeah, breath. So luckily, yeah, so luckily, yeah, look, touch wood, man. Uh, the surgeons did a, a world-class job and mm -hmm. a shout out to Michael Soizer and his family for taking me in. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah so man. That, that is, to, that's like my, my horror story. Yeah. It's great Dude, to see it, that you're, you know, you made a full recovery. It, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me in, in a weird way, man. It, mm -hmm. There's nothing as humbling as your younger brother having to shower you having to brush your teeth for you mm -hmm. uh literally everything that you know you take for granted right uh, michael soyser's mum was like cutting my food for me and like feeding me food you know wow. so like when you get humbled wow. like that and you have mm -hmm. all of those things taken away from you uh it goes one of two ways you either fall into like the victim mentality or you just you become incredibly grateful for like one being alive and two, just not taking for granted the shit yeah. that you normally do take right. for granted. So sure. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, in a Puts weird way. Perspective and now sure. you're gonna learn how to snowboard. Now, hang on, that's unfair, that's unfair. I was trying last year. You that, know? that is true, you were a little healthier though last year. That's true, uh, oh, but my shoulder's stronger than ever now. Is it though? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've been okay. doing a lot of strength and conditioning with some really good trainers out in Thailand. Um, still not being able to like lift heavy weights, but yeah. 
strength and conditioning wise uh yeah uh, honestly man it, it, in a hear. weird way it's the best thing ever it's good to hear because we got a big christmas workout plan <laughs> we do, we do, we do. <laughs> i humbled his ass last year we're gonna, go. we're gonna try to get him again uh we got a great show for you guys lined up as you can see we are joined by the one and only henry kill the game bane uh, we're going to talk all things WPT Championship here to kick off the show. And then on the back end, we are going to discuss what you guys all came here for. That's the the drama and the nonsense that's been going on between Nick and I for the better part of a year and a half now. I mm-hmm. uh, got some things to say about that, um, but, you know, it's not really all that important. In the meantime, don't forget, we do have an academy coming up January 15th to the 17th. That is going to be uh, a Cash Academy. There are a few seats still remaining for this one. If you guys are interested, head on over to academy.solferwide.io. Be sure to check that out. Uh, Henry, I got to tell you, man, I, I don't say this lightly. I'm not one to just pass out the flowers, but you did a phenomenal oh, job thank you, man. with this yeah. main event. Just so really, really excellent commentary. I think that you've really dialed in your voice and your ability to kind of navigate these situations where, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, families are watching, right? At the end of the day, everybody on that stage, no matter how big of a professional they are, their grandma is probably going to see this. And I think you do a great job of bearing that in mind whenever you are giving your commentary and kind of like remaining as neutral as possible. Mm -hmm. I was watching it with my parents. They're in town. Yeah, they, uh, they loved it for sure. Yeah, I mean, for me... Honestly, like the, this world championship, uh, I, I needed it. Like I, I really needed the feeling of, of what this world championship was because I think I was becoming a little bit complacent, uh, maybe a bit spoiled by, you know, just, you know, the opportunities that I've had from the booth and, and just seeing, you know, the Twitter feeds and, you know, everyone getting involved and just how much this meant to people, the qualifiers and just knowing that, the WPT are really trying to bring back the dream mm-hmm. um, and, and to be a part of that and to see these guys, okay, yeah, we had six, six professionals at the poker, uh, at the final table. Um, kind of felt like a Triton final table, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> man, I mean, dude, that was, uh, that was yeah. pretty sick. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just classic old school WPT vibes and yeah, uh, yeah it's just great for poker and, and to have like a front row seat to it. Um, yeah, it's such an honor, man, really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I, I actually can't believe uh, how lucky maybe for lack of a better word, the the WPT, the viewers, everybody involved were to get a final six of this caliber. Yeah. Uh, and that's not to say that, you know, we don't love to see the hero story, you know, that we wouldn't love to see uh, some, some random guy from middle of nowhere, Iowa, <coughs> make a deep run and potentially be the hero. Mm-hmm. But in, le- in lieu of that not happening, seeing six consummate professionals, two of which are like just old school legends in Mormon and uh, Chewy, as well as like, you know, Ben Heath kind of fits that middle ground where it's like, he's been around long enough where he's not new, but he's not exactly, you know, a 20 year vet, like someone like Mormon, who's been grinding online since 03. Uh, Top to bottom, I just thought the play was like, so, I don't know, so above the rim, like so well done. And, what you kind of saw, which is a little weird because I think one of the biggest um, criticisms of the high rollers is that it can be a little slow. It can drag a little bit, you know, things of that nature. In this particular instance, like the majority of these guys are capable of playing high rollers. I know Chewy plays high rollers. Ben Heath plays high rollers. I'm sure Mormon's dabbled in some 25Ks. If Daniel hasn't before, he certainly will now. Yep. Uh, you know, they're all they're all right there. But man, the the speed at which they were... Uh, 
you know, making their decisions at this final table, the carefulness through which they were navigating spots, uh, the amount of thought and creativity that went into some of these spots. You know, we saw the very first hand off the rip. Daniel just goes for it mm-hmm. with uh, a three-bet bluff candidate where Artur is, you know, last in chips. And he's making a really tough ICM play with the King-10 of, of hearts, I think, uh, where... I don't know, man. I, I don't know enough about ICM to know if it's great, if it's a torch or anything in between. I just know that from a viewing standpoint, I trusted the the ability of everybody at that table to the degree of where if mistakes were being made, they were relatively small and they were making the viewing experience, you know, second to none as mm-hmm. far as I was yeah. concerned. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to go down an absolute classic. And it, like that King 10 hand, okay, from a theory point of view, like you said, we don't know, you know, from an ICM perspective but just having the balls yeah right. that's yeah. Yeah. Like, that's so gangster yeah he yeah. he played the win from the jump he did he really did he's like i'm here to win this thing and he you know pulled it out in the not end. just Maybe. final six as well you know day six there were some plays that he made i think there was like a four mm-hmm. bet jam against chewy with ace jacko nine left yeah and then for him to not only pull off that bluff but then go on to win it uh mm-hmm. Yeah, you could have scripted it any right, better, man. Yeah, it, yeah. it was so epic to just be there for that. And mm-hmm. and like uh, Berkey said, you know, everyone, uh, I, yeah, just played tremendously. Was there a particular hand or moment in the final six or maybe even like playing down to the final six since you did commentary over uh, many days? Was there like one standout moment where you were just like, okay, this is kind of special, like... This event is right up there with the WSOP main event. I think every year we always see like that one hand that just kind of stands out. And I know the King 10 has been pretty focused on uh, in this particular event, but I'm not even so sure that this isn't just, you know, kind of it. Like, okay, this is bottom of range. We run it with this type of candidate, yada, yada, yada. There's always that one moment, though, that stands out where somebody just makes, like, the most disgusting hero fold. Like, Artur folding Queen Jack full. Dude. That was insane. <laughs> right? Like, that was insane. Like, those, those moments. Like, did anything like that just pop out when you were in the booth? Honestly, I, I can't think of one lone hand. I think the King 10 hand, because of the spot and because it's the final table, it is probably going to be the hand that we all remember. But I was even saying to Jesse and Jamie in the booth, like, coming into day four, there was just... I don't know how to explain it, just this buzz in the room and in the booth and the energy and just like the chat. And we peaked at like 38,000 concurrent mm-hmm. viewers yeah, at one time. Awesome. And it just, it felt like it was just all lining up. I think the WPT took a big risk last year. And I think everyone was coming back this year kind of, okay, is this here to stay? Is it not to stay? You know, let's roll the dice. And, and I think it's very obvious that in 10, 15, 20 years from now, we're going to look back at this kind of, as the beginning uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, oh, here, it's to here to stay it's here to stay i think for so. sure um, what, a, what a great success like you called it a festival and that that's the whole thing i mean of course it's culminating with the 40 million dollar final table but uh just the entire festival itself was just top to bottom amazing yeah. huge huge fields for all the events it's true and it's so nice to no, we have that to look forward to every winter. The damn 3K had a million dollars up top. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's yeah. wild. Uh, as somebody who doesn't really play a ton of events, uh, the only thing that I, I wonder uh, what will change moving forward, like, as far as, like, making this more of a marquee festival is that, like, when the World Series is in town for the, what, six weeks that it's here or whatever, 
I'm privy to every single event that's on the schedule every single day. Uh, I know that there's going to be like 70 plus no limit events that are offered to me. And yeah, I probably won't play a lot of them because like I'm much more concerned with cash. But my point being is that the opportunity is um, it, it's it's kind of like bustling. And uh, all I have to do is like, you know, one quick Google search and I know that I'm going to be in action for the day. For this, uh, they smashed the fields. But it felt like three or four marquee events rather than an entire festival. And I know that that's probably selling it a little bit short because I'm sure that there were more than just three or four big events that were played. Mm -hmm. But from some, from an outsider's perspective that didn't play many events and didn't intend to, I know about the original, uh, was it a Mystery Bounty event or the... The Mystery Bounty. Yes. Okay, yeah. They had uh, the Prime, the Mystery Bounty. Right, the Prime, the Mystery Bounty, the 3K that got a million to first, which was insane. Yep. And then the 10K. Yes. And then obviously I know about the high rollers, but there's a huge separation <clears throat> yeah. there. So million like, dollar buy-in. Yeah, I try not to think about too much of the 25K, the 50K, the million dollar, mm. because that's, you know, that's its own little uh, sub-economy, if you will. It's more so like, will we see a dozen events over the 17 days? I, mean, I think we did. 15 events, 20 events, something like that. I think we did see about a dozen events. Like, there's a couple smaller ones, but yeah, they have like an, the seniors event 10K. They have... Um, the, the, those are kind of like all specialized, though. Like, I understand what you're saying, that the events were there. Yeah. What I'm saying is like, if I'm a grinder, how do you keep me on property for the 17 well, days and keep me in action every single day? There's room to grow, right? There's... Uh, like, I don't think that... Uh, there's a lot going on in November, right? Um, so it's like you can that week like, prior. yeah, you can just expand it like a week back. They're kind of incentivized too, especially more, if right, WSOP is going right. to do the Bahamas. And if again. it's like super, you know, successful again, then you know the next year maybe they add another four or five events. And before yeah, I, you know it, you have 20. for what it's worth. I'm not suggesting right. they should turn this into a four or five week thing. I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> From a tournament grinder's perspective, yeah. I think this is absolutely enough for like to keep you come on property. Yeah. Like how many times did you go to the Venetian? Huh? How many times did you go to the Venetian? Once. Okay. How many times do you think the average 1K buying guy went well, to the Venetian? Everybody that bagged the first day or something like that, they just went over to the Venetian. I, I understand. I, I guess what I'm saying is that like they, I, I feel like there were gaps in the schedule where other properties probably picked up. And this isn't even a criticism. No, no, of course. I'm just making an observation because what I'm about to say is going to counter that to a degree. What I think that WPT does that's really unique and special that we don't see with uh, these WSOP festivals called the World Series Summer or in the Bahamas is they actually pay attention to the cash game grinder. And you saw four or five feature cash games that were incredible, top to bottom. Everything ranging from the high stakes. There were three high stakes cash games, uh, 100, 200, 200, 400, and uh, 300, 600 that turned into 3, 6, 12 that were just like marquee events. They were great. Uh, the 1, 2, and the 3, 6, 12 were a nice mix of professionals and recreationals that loved to splash around. The 2, 4 was killers. It was just like reg battling, and that's a nice change of pace too. You know, there's a little something for everybody. Mm -hmm. 2550 creator game. We had a 2551 uh, ladies game. Yeah. And I believe was there one more? I, maybe a, maybe there was, maybe there wasn't. Either way, there was oh, at the least PLO, five. the twenty five fifty yeah. pillow. Correct, mm -hmm. yeah. So there you go. There's six featured cash games. And on, on top of that, they had something for you know the small and mid stakes grinders. They had the meetup game mm -hmm. where they were giving away seats and yeah. splashing pots, and they had Phil Ivy playing one three. Right. Like you know, so it's like that was pretty cool too to just uh, you know get something for everybody, the high rollers and uh, the they, rest of the community. They literally just create a good time for everybody mm -hmm. over, yeah. over the yeah. series. Yeah. Like, 
Pretty what, great. The ladies meetup game as yeah. well. I thought that they crushed the series. I, I really do. And that's festival. from somebody who was only oh, sorry the festival. That's uh, <laughs> that's for somebody who was maybe only He's on property. Coin that phrase. You need to use it. I may have only been on property five or six times, but uh, even the little bit that I was there, like it was very clear what the buzz was about. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking about creating a good time in a fun atmosphere, what did you guys think about the uh, the Hamilton style rap to to bring bring the guys out to the final table? You were there firsthand. I mean, I, I was there firsthand. I, I saw the chat kind of popping off. Look, it, it, it's not necessarily my cup of tea, but at the end of the day, I, I've got to respect Adam. And hey, Adam. Shot. Like they're just, they're trying to tap into other markets in yeah. ways mm -hmm. that nobody else in poker is willing to do. And we're so quick as a community to quickly like shoot down these people that are taking risks. Like, okay, cool. Not your cup of tea. I get it. But at least give them credit but trying to do something yeah. different. They're trying to make this final table, this you know grandiose event with your music and dance acts and your walk-ins for the players. Like we're, we're trying to go more mainstream. Um, and I think that's what Adam's trying to do. And look, that's great. again, not my thing. I want to be <laughs> that's in you. the- That's you, isn't that you? That's man, me, that, bro. I mean... That's me with my thick shoulder, that's you right, know? That's right, the shoulder's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but like, look, I, I really respect them for, yeah. uh, for just trying to put on a mm -hmm. show that people that maybe aren't into poker would watch because they're like, okay, this is like some sort of hey, it, talent it's Vegas, show. Right? Yeah, it's exactly. Vegas. This is like a show-driven city, right? Performance-driven city. And when I, when I turned it on, I was just like, wait, what, what is this? What is happening yeah. right now? And by the end of the performance, I was like, that was, that was pretty cool. All right, you're a bit of a boomer. I am a boomer. <laughs> I am a boomer, but I was just like, okay, that's like, you know, you could see like like <laughs> they're rapping about Chewy and rhyming his name, and he's just yeah. like he's got this smile. Like this is like hey, like little, it's, Chewy. I thought his name would be like invoked in a rap sure. song. I don't think so, I, like, before our final table that he's playing for five yeah, points. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I agree with Henry that I think uh, we're way too quick to poo-poo innovation, and I do respect the fact that they tried. I also think that like these are the areas where you really need a zoomer on staff mm. to just be like, it's cringe, Your Honor. I'm sorry. Like mm. we can't have the Hamilton crew yeah, to come out. That was fine. And do <laughs> It's fine for you, old man. Hey, oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch it. I got to go watch it. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that it's one of those things where it's like, you iterate, you know, WSOP has done plenty of cringe things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I agree with you in the sense that if you're going to make a spectacle of it, if you're going to make it be uh, the biggest thing that's happening in our quote-unquote sport, it is important to start to bring in other other things. And Brian's point is very valid, too. This is Vegas. It's a showman's town. Yeah. So there's a lot available. Like, I don't know if that means... 10 years down the line, we see, uh, you know, whoever the latest rapper or rock star is or whatever leading the charge here. Mm -hmm. um, but I do see it. Yeah, but I, yeah, you got to love the fact that like they're at least trying. 100%. Uh, and honestly, I think <laughs> as weird as it is, I actually think like PokerGo got this part right in bringing in Bruce Buffer because even though in isolation in a vacuum like him doing the ultimate fighter uh you know let's it's get it time. on it's time yeah. thing mm -hmm. it's a little bit you know shaky and cringy i've actually been at events where he's done the kickoff like this it's not that awkward no. because the guy loves poker he fucking he plays all the time mm -hmm. he gets it so like he's not mincing words with like some buzz shit that doesn't yeah. make any sense to anybody and the guy is truly like wildly energetic he is. when he hits the mic and hits the it's time you really feel like you're actually like at the wwe wrestling mm -hmm. event and, or something along those lines and, and to that point like they're playing for 5.6 million like show me sporting events 
where there's that kind of, like that's more than Wimbledon. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. more than like yeah. the US. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Having someone like Bruce there introducing the FT, like if you've been to a UFC fight or any form of like an MMA, like that raises the bar in terms of energy. And to go full circle back to what you said earlier on about how many families are watching, how many older people right, right, that right. aren't professional poker players are watching, having the beatboxing and the dancing and all this kind of thing. Again, for us as professional poker players, sure, whatever, <laughs> not our thing. We just want to see blood. We want to see chewy check raising, you know. Um, but for the recreationals and the poker hobbyists, I, I think it's a good touch and hopefully I, I think that, to stay. Yeah, I think somewhere down the line, they'll find that sweet spot. For sure. You I, know, the first the first one out of the gate probably just isn't going to be it. I think it's a stare down like UFC. No, no, that, no. Coy, <laughs> shout no, out to Coy Come Jordan on. for putting that in the Come chat. <laughs> seeing, seeing Chewy and Mormon like staring each other down is not what I'm here for. Uh, while, we're, while we're doling out flowers, uh, I think that nobody deserves a bigger shout out right now than Jamie Kerstetter. I know firsthand mm -hmm. that she ran herself Bro. ragged Bro. for this two weeks. Uh, literally, literally ran herself sick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this the is girl no comes in. I'm like, Jamie, you got to go home. <laughs> like, your voice is broken. She's not eating food. She's like, Ah, man, yeah, I got it. Just in the booth, eight hours. Let's go. Right. Like, She's the respect best. it. Yeah, and I mean, like, when you talk about wearing many hats, like she did everything from organizing cash games to doing the commentary herself to scheduling the commentary to getting the people to show up at some reasonable time to making sure that seats were filled, catering to the VIP you know and all this is going on while there's a giant uh 40 million dollar guaranteed event happening right behind the scenes that you know ultimately ended up coming up slightly short of the guarantee uh which is something that they're gonna have to consider moving forward next year i don't think they're gonna back away though i don't think so either mm -hmm. i think if anything they double down well i don't think they're gonna not make a, it 80 not <laughs> no, come on, come on, come that's on. not what he meant no that's <laughs> not what i meant i meant like they might make it 45 maybe 50. They i don't make it 80. i don't think they shy away from this one bit and i think they welcome the the, uh, the competition. Challenge. I challenge you, WPT, challenge. to make it eighty million. <laughs> you can do it. I really do think that they 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 welcome the challenge. As yeah. players, I think we are truly in for a treat in twenty twenty four. I think that WSOP summer is going to be unlike it's been for maybe a decade. Mm -hmm. um, I have high suspicion that we're going to see a lot of change uh, in the mechanics of how they do things, <laughs> mostly for the better. Um, which is a, kind of a long time coming. You know, we spend a lot of our summer days complaining about structures, complaining about lines, complaining about payouts and everything else under the sun. The tech is catching up. I, I really think that Bahamas was a nice test run for them. I think the summer is going to go very smoothly and that's going to bolster their brand, which is then going to lead to a big fucking showdown at, ne at the end of the year next year. 2024, December-ish, November, whatever. Mm -hmm. that, that holiday stretch from Thanksgiving to Christmas, I think is going to be one of the most fruitful times of the year if you're a professional poker player. I think all of next year is going to be very fruitful. Well, you're Can't an optimist. I need to. I'm with you. I'm with you, I think this summer is mm -hmm. it's everything. Everything. I can't wait. I'm already thinking about putting my schedule together. <laughs> How many events are we going to play? Bro, you got to get out there and start selling the pod. Get us on the road. And you just get to go play everywhere you want to fucking play. Oh, that's true. You know? That's true. All right. You understand so you how this do. works. Mm -hmm. WPD, WSOP, they're both blowing up. They're trying mm -hmm. to fucking run a thousand events each year. Just send us to fucking Kentucky. Yeah. That's whoa, fine. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody wants to go to fucking Kentucky, whoa, all right? Bro, bro. I'm not going to Kentucky. You guys are going to Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be phoning in. <laughs> 
I got a little, little honey pot down the road that I got to take care of. Yeah, well, I don't want to go <laughs> Sorry, to Kentucky, boys. but you know. Whatever. I got a honey pot down the road too. Oh, wow. relax. Okay. You talking about the jewel, baby. Let's relax with this fucking Best jewel place nonsense. in America. Oh, man, it was popping today. Do you guys ever think there's a chance that a lot of the Euros stop coming for like the WSOP during the summer just based off of how it's run? Like people like Steve O'Dwyer don't, don't so. come to the World Series. And I'm, I'm, the point I'm trying to get to is like, if the WPT becomes this permanent fixture and they add a bunch of events and it becomes like the winter series, if you will, and then you have all of these insane EPTs, which by the way, they're smashing records yeah. every yeah. EPT. Yeah. Yep. It's like, okay, from just a mental health point of view and overall happiness point of view, why put yourself at the World Series where it's just dust and you can go to the WPT at the win and these well, incredibly well-run... Have you well seen run... how Americans play poker? <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> let's, let's not, Do you think they want to give saw up Seppi on that play, bro. juicy, juicy American money? Let's not downplay the series too much just because uh, we're giving flowers to the WPT. Like, the WSOP is still yeah. very much the Christmas in July that we've all been waiting for. Uh, yeah, there are some issues. Yeah, if you're European like, and you're not in a tax treaty country, that's going to be a little bit of an issue. The travel's annoying, but there's no EPTs running alongside of it. So it's not like as if you have something else to be doing during that time. There's nearly 100 No Limit events. So it's like if you're a grinder and you're trying to get in volume, where else are you going to do it? That's true. So if you're Steve-O, I kind of get it, right? Like you're only looking to play 100 events a year anyway. You can be pretty particular about where you play but we also have to remember that like gg is making a really strong push to be heavily involved with wsop uh, whether they end up acquiring them somewhere down the line who knows but it does seem as though there's at least going to be some sort of working partnership that they've already coordinated for the bahamas winter series uh as well as uh a lot of the online series so uh, and that was like a test run it seems like but maybe and it looked like it worked yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know to the degree of of like what the red tape looks like behind closed doors, because it's very clear that GG's participation with WSOP is only in foreign waters, right? Yeah, it's all the online stuff mm -hmm. in their territory, and then it's the Bahamas, which has nothing to do with regulated United States. Yeah, but they did have like a lot of um, uh, what do you call that uh, advertisement all over WSOP of this year? Well, they're still partners, right? Yeah. So even if even if it's one of those things where like WSOP is licensing their name, similar to how WPT does to uh, like Prime Stops or WSOP does to Circuit Stops, like okay. even if it's just to that degree, that's still incentive for GG to put a lot of money into people coming here during the summer, unless somehow they worked it out with WSOP that they run a competing online series. Okay, seems. Uh relatively improbable although there might have been some overlap last year i think the online series started late july a little bit yeah yeah so it was like during the post limbs yeah okay. um but you know that that's not really super relevant didn't it run through like all of august basically fucking i think it ran until like october yeah it ran for a very long time i <laughs> like, remember it was like a quarter of the year yeah, it, it was <laughs> a lot of events. there was a lot of birds was like, there was like 63 online events yeah. in a period of time followed by the wsop europe followed by wsop bahamas like we might reach a saturation point as well so uh, i don't really know i just know Shit. that if i played mtts for a living suddenly i'm spending six plus months a year just in vegas alone yeah and i'm getting probably three quarters of my volume for the year within those three within those six months it's yeah. a pretty nice place to be man yeah you know um maybe a little less so if you're european but 
for sure if you're anywhere in america like it's a nice nice little trade-off i think it's popping man and i don't know if we see it being saturated at all because it's people are coming out to play like every event is just packed yeah yeah like they missed the, the guarantee by a little bit but like look at the prime yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Prime yeah. Prime look at the 3k, the 3K that 3K, happened after the 3k like, getting a million to first was just like yeah, one the, of the craziest things i've seen six million dollars in the prize pool get out of here it's like it's just popping everything is just straight popping right now uh let's give a little bit of kudos to the final table list uh from yesterday's event big shout out to mormon og of the online streets i believe at one point in time he may probably not the case anymore now that high rollers exist but i believe at one point in time he was the most profitable player in online history yeah um I think that's now since changed with like all the 25Ks and shit that run. But still, nevertheless, the man deserves his credit. He got mm -hmm. fourth place. Uh, pretty unfortunate run. We, wa we watched him run a super sick bluff yeah. where it almost was like he knew. I knew it was coming as well, man. It's funny because we, we were watching it on air. And uh, I'm just like, shove. And obviously, like, I see the cards, so that's why I want him to shove more than anything else. And Lance's like, no, it's too strong. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care if it's too strong. Just get in the shove. bin, London. Yeah, just shove. And Nikki's like, um, guys, you have to fold for ICM. And I'm like, <laughs> if he folds yeah. or if he calls, yeah. he loses in both scenarios. But if he shoves. Right. But if he shoves. That's us. It's an illegal fold. It's Chris Mormon. Yeah, that's that's our reaction to him jamming there. I fucking love it. Uh, I, I think, you know, I don't know. I don't need to get into the details of, of the strategy of it. I just know the man got a lot of heart. Yeah. He found the rip with the naked. Well, not quite naked, but like whatever. Uh, and he got a better hand to fold. And that's always appreciated. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. He found himself in a tough spot where uh, he tried bluffing pre with King 3, I think. Yeah. That failed. Uh, and then he ran into a blind versus blind spot where... Um, I can't remember who was on the blind on blind, but uh, Georgios Sotaropoulos yeah. against Mormon blind second. king queen. Did you just yeah. say his name correctly? Can I yeah. tell you guys a secret? <laughs> of course he knows how to say his name. He was commentating. The film no, I'll tell you how I know how to say that is because uh, say it again. He, I want to hear you say it again. Huh? Talking about practice? No, no, no. <laughs> he came to merit um, merit poker in Northern who Cyprus. Georgios Sotaropoulos. He won the tournament. And I, had, I asked him, I was like, dude, like, I have to interview you and I don't want to butcher your name. Mm -hmm. And he literally for like a good 30 seconds, he's like, Sotaropoulos. I'll let you know uh, how to be a senior podcaster. Little secret. I knew exactly who was in the blind on blind spot, but I also knew I wasn't going to pronounce that. <laughs> <fucking name. laughs> I just laid it right up for old Henry. Come on, yeah. Slam it home. Uh, yeah, so yeah, you can't really call him G man. Right, yeah. It's a little out of pocket, especially given today's <laughs> show. Uh, he jammed 15 with King queen. Mormon had a close spot with queen Jack called ultimately fell to his demise. Uh, the most unfair thing that I think I said this when it happened. I'm not sure someone can check me on it. I think that might have been the biggest flip in televised poker history. Yeah, it was a uh, roughly. There was never a flip like that in the the main event. The I World don't think Series for that amount or no. Triton. No. I don't think for that amount. There, it was a three million dollar flip. Uh, yeah. Effectively, right? Yeah. Uh, third place was two point right. seven. First place was five point seven. Right. So roughly three million dollars on the line in a fifty two forty eight spot. Where blind versus blind, Chewy limp three bets the the ace king, gets jammed on by the jacks and never improves. And honestly, like I don't even know how, how sick are these motherfuckers. This is <laughs> this is a guy who's played bankroll on table so many times in my life. 
but it's nothing like flipping for three million dollars the other day i was buried and I, at the end of the session i was so tilted i literally said to the table does anybody want to flip for 60k and i meant it when the words came out of my mouth i fucking meant it if someone, if someone would have called me on it we would have flipped for 60k for sure you're sick 60k three million dollars <laughs> and also they were like the close-up shots of chewy and dan it was like they did this every right. day of yeah. the yeah. fucking week. They both just accepted their fate okay. completely. They were super like, well, stoic throughout. Just just like, to oh, do yeah, it. it just yeah. you have fifty-five bigs each. Yeah, let's go. Henry, do you yeah. know how like this is the this is the difference right here, man? The second that it went all in call, as I was saying call, I would have been like, "You want to work something out? Yeah, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. swap twenty-five. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? that's like, crazy. Anything." Anything at all to alleviate the fact that we are just coin flipping for three fucking million right now. Yeah. Wow. I'm actually, now that you say that, I'm surprised that like nobody did. I, I had that. In the moment, it probably doesn't cross your mind, right. but like, right. uh, that would just be like, that would be a bigger focus to me than ICM. <laughs> I'd be trying to work a fucking deal from like six all the way down to heads up. Shout yeah. out to Brett Murray. He's the only person I've ever seen do this. And it was just like on the bubble or something in Texas at the Lodge. Yeah. And <laughs> we just get it in like Ted's first ace kick it right before the dealer puts it at the fucking flop. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You want to swap Ted? <laughs> For sure, bro. <laughs> only person i ever seen do this Amazing. For See? sure. I, and honestly, like you almost don't want to do it because you feel like you're giving some power to the flip right it's like i'm not gonna win this fucking thing because i'm the one suggesting the goddamn yeah. swap but it doesn't matter like mm -hmm. that's not how the math works if you're chewing and you look there and you're 48 52 dog you just look at him and go my 25 or my 26 to your 25 what do you yeah. think yeah. <laughs> what do you that's got crazy. for me man like we got to take some money off the table here bro i ain't trying to go out like this one of us is winning this fucking tournament yep. the second that this hand culminates and honestly that almost didn't happen so chewy ends up losing that we see an 11 to 1 chip lead go into heads up. Not, no, not immediately. Oh, okay. Right. No, 6 to 1? It, it, it was a four, four and a half to 1 oh, chip okay. lead. Yeah, it was, it was 320 to 80 at the start mm -hmm. of heads okay. up. Okay, and then he got him all the way down to 11 and to 1. And then Dan just starts spanking him, yeah. Like, yeah, they take a break. I think they decided to uh, not chop at that point. They came back, and it went double-double. No, it went, no. they went double double. Then they took the break. Right? Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. It went double double. Then they looked at numbers because we were right. only meant like we were mm -hmm. meant to be playing, and they both wanted a break. It was obvious as to yeah. why. Yeah, the producers were telling us it's only going to be five minutes. Uh, no, sorry, Matt Savage said to them, "You've only got five minutes." But then the producers in our headset we were like, "You've got twenty-five minutes, guys." So it was obvious that they were talking numbers. Uh, that was after the King Deuce Hero call oh, against right, the seven-five. Right. Yep. Um. And then, yeah, we go into break, come back, and then Georgius just, yeah, just hits the ground running straight away. So it looked like the deal that they worked out was they took a half a million off the top and saved it for second. Um, I think that first ended up being 5.2 and change. Correct. Second ended up being like 4.1 4 and change. Like yeah. yeah. So they ended up playing heads up for a million Still instead of two. For, yeah. Uh, Still. A lot. Significant, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very significant. Um, and yeah, it looked like the whole match was going to swing. And uh, no sooner did my guy... Gyrgyz Sotorov. That's right. <laughs> Say it again. No sooner did he take a chip lead than the fucking match ends. Three hands later. It's just over. Yeah. It like, was wild. He, I know he takes the chip lead and it was just... How... Like... Heads up is a nasty, nasty beast, man. It was so wild to see him come all the way back just to just... And it, he looked unflappable. 
Both yeah. of them did to, to some degree, yeah. you know? Right. Uh, but he ran it against um, Daniel in a spot where Daniel flopped top and bottom with Jack Deuce. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it ran out pretty poorly for him. I think he put a one-liner. Uh, uh, Jack, nine, deuce, ten, seven. Yes. A one-liner to the eight. And you could just see that it wasn't that Daniel was like beaten down by the moment or anything along those lines, but it was just he knows it's a theoretical call, probably a high frequency. It might mix. Uh, I'm not sure. But he just knows that like inherently this hand is supposed to call a lot and he had just lost a bunch of hands in a row. Yeah. So rather than letting the hands have the, like the past kind of like weigh on him, he just gave in to his fuck it. He just gave in to like, I'm not going to start questioning myself now. Like this hand is just supposed to call a lot. He has bluffs. Mm -hmm. Boom. Snap call. Literally snap. Just we like, didn't no even thought. have time in the booth. <laughs> yeah. so it was crazy. Just no thought. Just like boom, call. And it's like tap, tap. You yeah. got it. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's it's kind of wild too because uh Polychronopolis uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the only Greek name I know. I'm sorry. Cool. Cool. Geo. Uh, Geo uh, actually turned top pair into a bluff there, which was a little, a little strange, a little mergy. Yeah, I'd rather do it with like Queen Ten, but at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I'm in the booth. He's out there, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, I, I think that you know every situation where you're bluffing, you could find a, a better candidate, barring having like the premier one. Right. Um, it's more so just like, is this hand too strong to bluff, kind of thing. That's and, exactly what I said to uh, to Jesse as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows? Uh, I'm not one to second guess. Again, I don't know shit about heads up, uh, especially heads up sit and go strategy. Like, not even going to pretend to to delve into this one strategy wise. I want to cut you off real quick. We gave Hen Henry his flowers, mm -hmm. but Jesse absolutely fucking killed yeah. yeah. on these sure. streams these last couple of that days. That was the most mm -hmm. I've ever seen Jesse pay attention to anything that's going on. <laughs> In in 15 years of knowing him. No, yeah. he, he was huge morale. And like coming into the day, every day, he was just like, yo, I'm pumped for this. Like, let's go. Um, and to have someone like him who at the level that he's at, not have any ego. I don't need to name any names, but there are so many people that get opportunities to come into the booth and all they want to do is flex their theory how, knowledge. How much they know, Who are we yeah. talking about? Give us some juice. They're, they're, they're not around nah. anymore, you know? Like, they don't just, get the opportunities right. anymore. But uh, just call Melissa out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's just mean. You just want to go after Poo Dog. Why is Melissa catching strays? Because she's not fucking here, Henry. <laughs> and that's the rules of the podcast. Landon's next. God, could you imagine Landon in there with his theory knowledge? They'd be flexing nonstop. But Je Jesse just really aware of the audience. Similarly to you, you know, he knows that 99% of the demographic are just, you know, families and friends and just poker fans. Mm -hmm. There's no need to be in there, you know, flexing. And, and he crushed it, man. He like, really I, did. I, I really he enjoyed breaks, working breaks everything it. down. It's, it's so palatable. I really amazing, enjoyed uh, the little bits of banter. Uh, very reminiscent of, of Nick and Ali where he would just kind of catch you laying a joke out, but like he'd catch it a little too late. There was one I can't remember exactly. The Curious what it was. George. Yeah, yeah. He was, <laughs> did you just call him Curious George? This was like <laughs> minutes later. It was like he a minute just later. Let it, was, just let it happen. Exactly. Man. I was like, happen. dude, like, come on. You know, you can't point it out. It's right. like dissecting right. a frog. You know, yeah. come on. Man. And then he tiptoed for so long. He's like, well, <laughs> when you are digging for gold, um, you know, you can't just lock up the mine. <laughs> you got to tell somebody about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I appreciate that because I didn't catch it the first time around. But God damn it. Curious George is the right nickname for this man. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, no, Jesse, Jesse crushed fan. it, man. And uh, hopefully we're going to be doing more work together in 2024. I think, yeah, we, we have uh, 
we have the rapport we have the good banter and, and we understand each other well enough to like know when to bring it back to the action and uh, the feedback was amazing man like re really appreciate yeah everyone. i for one uh became a fan again of of just like watching poker uh, i don't like to do too much of it uh i was obviously dialed into the high stakes cash game because i was waiting for my fucking seat <laughs> so it's like i might as well scout these guys a little bit while i'm folding away my main event seat that i have no goddamn <laughs> shot on um and it was like you know I, I thought your commentary on that was incredibly good as well uh getting to watch this main event play down the production was just like next fucking level you know i know we talk about like a lot of the live streams and uh the, those guys at hustler that were unfortunately going to spend the rest of the show talking about are always puffing their chest about how great the production is and how you know they have to do it the way that they do it because it's the best way and it's what produce share hands is top fucking notch yeah like they are world class at what they do with the the um the live streams and and getting it all out there and it's like they're running no peak, you know. They're mm -hmm. not, they're they're not they're not sharing hands. I mean, no, it comes as no surprise as uh, that. They, I mean, they're hired by pretty much everyone in the business now. Uh, they do all of the Triton stuff, uh, the WPT stuff, Merit, Australia, Vietnam. Like it's it's crazy how how far they uh, yeah spread their their wings around. Did they the world. do Poker Stars as well in the Bahamas? Um, I thought that was them. I, I think I think they do. I want to say they definitely they did do. actually the NAPT. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty I, confident. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure. confident, especially because I'm not even sure who else would do it. But yeah, shout that... out Pauls and Victors. No, I fa I'm fairly sure Stars have their own in-house production. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm fairly confident. Okay, that that's, you could uh, be right. James Hartigan's productions. I probably of... should know that because I feel like we were in contact with them when we were down there doing the pod. But uh, yeah, I, I really don't know. I could have sworn long hair. Oh man, what do they call him? Oh my God, the long blonde hair kid that works for your hands. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. What's his name? Oh my God, oh, this is going the oh, wrong direction. That night that he got really drunk. No, damn it! I could have sworn I saw him in the Bahamas. <laughs> All right. Well. Anyway. 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 Uh, the production was amazing. Really, uh, nothing bad to really say about this this entire uh, feature. I know that the structure for the main event was kind of called into question. Um. There was like a couple levels skipped on day one, and now it's more of a debate of like, would you rather? Uh, and I think Savage threw out a few options of play 11 levels instead of 10, um, mm -hmm. which would then add back in the 25-5 level, I believe, or or something along those lines. Maybe it was it was the um, it was the 2500 level. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Skipped, so right? the 1K yeah, so it went from two, 2K to 3K. Right. So he basically said we can add that back in. You can play 11 <laughs> levels. We can add that back in. Um, and start a level later so i think three six instead of three five uh or we can leave it as is um leave it as is man it's so good i, I voted like for it. leave it as is yeah. i also wouldn't mind if they played 11 levels but started an hour earlier what i don't want to see is them start or end an hour later right especially for the the last flight that didn't yeah. have, to, have to come in then you know the next I, day i do but. think it's very important for everybody to understand though that it's 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 critical to the event for how slow and uh, long and drawn out the remaining five days are, mm -hmm. the day one gets them down to 25% of the field yeah, or, or 35. About, about a third, yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever right. it was. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's very critical both to the guarantee, to the structure for the right. rest of the event. Like everything mm -hmm. that Savage has put into this event is very calculated and thought out. It wasn't an accident. Like he's aware not. that that level's not there. Of course. Uh, he, he's doing it with a purpose. The only thing that I think should really be debated is do we make this a one re entry or not? 
or do we add a fifth uh, starting flight or not? You mean per day, one reentry? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, like, do we add more bullets for people to fire or are we content with it as it stands? That type of thing. I think that's where the real debate mm-hmm. comes in, mainly just because they, they barely missed the guarantee. So, like, it's worthy of discussion. I, of I like I like the the uh, no reentry per flight. So if you want to add another flight, I think that's fine. But it just, I don't know, it, it gives it more prestige some way yeah. where, where you're... You know, you, you get that one bullet per day, and that's it. What? Yeah. It's pretty uh, dope that they didn't add an extra flight this year. Well, like, they, it, all hell would have broke loose if they last minute added a flight. I mean, everybody else does but it. We're not going to let that fly. Everybody, uh, yeah, everybody like, else does the shit. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I think this will carry us into the rest of the conversation. But I, I, I think that it's believed that we have some sort of, uh, you know, agenda whenever it comes to, like, who we're critical of, who we give flowers to, and that type of stuff. But it's like... I would hope that if you went back to the first show that we did all the way up until now, a lot of the talking points that we're critical of are still the same, right? It's, it's generally going to be the operators who do things to take advantage of the customer. Mm -hmm. It's going to be cheating and nefarious activity that hurts everybody in the community, whether it's the players, the operators, uh, or anything in between. And then it's going to be, um, you know, people that just treat others poorly and uh or or doing things to take advantage of others in some sort of capacity like those are generally going to be the the uh targets of any sort of daggers that we have to throw and when it comes to the flowers it's going to be the people that are doing things great you know the people who perform at a very high level with their craft the people who are putting on a great festival or series for everybody to be involved in the the content creators the uh streamers the platforms that are showing up day in and day out putting out a high quality product for us to consume and for the industry to grow from I don't think that we've budged very far off of that messaging. It we just are. so happens that there tends to be a bit of a collective that catches a lot more strays than others. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's not my fault. You know, if you're on the outside circle of Ali, you're probably going to get a lot of fucking strays thrown your way because for the last year, this guy has found a way to keep getting himself back into the online streets and find ways to cheat them. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, of course. Like, if you're in his arena or uh, a counterpart thereof, like, you're probably going to get some strays on your way, you know? And uh, it carries us into this HCL stuff because for better or for worse, like, nobody's ever going to question what they've done for stream poker. Like, it's abundantly clear that they put out a product that was sorely needed in the space and that nobody has really been able to rival on a five-day week basis. Pogrill obviously has significantly higher production value. Uh, They're able to bring in a lot bigger names on the regular whenever they run their stuff, but they're only doing it like quarterly. You know, they're mostly recording. They're mostly putting it behind a paywall. A little bit of it's live streamed, but it's two totally different lanes. Um, Same thing with share hands. Uh, Sure, they're live streaming a lot more, but they're mostly just fixated on uh, these big live tournament stops. And if a cash game happens to pop off, they get these nice one-offs. And they're huge one-offs. You know, yeah. the Triton cash cash game that just uh, happened recently, I think it was either 1K, 2K or 1K, 2K, 4K, the one with Santos, Rob Young, yeah, and, yeah. and others. It's like, you know, that's a massive fucking game that's going to draw in tons of viewership. That's all post-production, though. We don't even stream that. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah we do all of that post-edit, post-festival. 
so we film it whilst we're there, right. but then we don't actually release it live. Is that new to this stop, or was that always the case? No, that's uh, that's the probably this year. I want to say it's been like from this year. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because I felt like uh, like that biggest pot that Coon played. Yes, I guess like two or three Kane years Callis. ago. Yeah, that yeah. was live. Right? I thought that that was live. I uh, think so. I think yeah, it was. I'm, I'm pretty sure back then at least because they were working with the casino. It's exactly. probably a lot different. Uh, where were you guys just at London? Yeah, it just depends on uh, right. yeah, the whole setup. That setup was for sure in like just a mansion somewhere, uh, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, the we'll recent talk one. Affair. Yeah, oh, yeah, fair. Whatever. My All point right. is... It <laughs> whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where it was at. My point is it wasn't like in a casino. It wasn't a part of the gaming floor. Sure thing, Bucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's wherever the fuck you want it to be. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> where he wants to be. Uh, hey. <laughs> I'm saying it makes more sense to record. Anyway, the whole point I'm trying to make uh, is that these products are not the same as, as Hustler Live and they shouldn't be compared. It's not fair to Hustler uh, and it's also not fair to the other guys where, who aren't putting out the same level of volume, right? Right. Um, but what is fair, I think, is uh, a lot of the criticisms that have been thrown the direction of Hustler because they're not the only five day a week live stream, but they are the only five day a week live stream that's come under scrutiny time and time again over the past 18 months. Whether we're talking about Jack 4 or we're talking about their uh, their protocols of operation prior and post uh, scandal, or we're talking about just the collective uh, people that continually keep showing up in our timeline in some sort of capacity when it comes to something nefarious, being cheated, being uh, you know a part of some other scandal, being held hostage or whatever the fuck was happening to Blank Check Ben, being scammed and everything in between. It keeps being the same names and the same group that pops up. So of course, we're going to fucking talk about it. And it's one of those things where it's like, I totally understand that if you're a part of that group, you don't like to be talked about. And that's completely reasonable. I wouldn't want my dirty laundry being aired either. But when you have a guy coming out and tweeting every fucking day about how the other guy that he plays with is a scumbag and is extorting him and all this other stuff, only to find out that they were both being extorted by a third party somewhere off in London, then yeah, like we're going to fucking talk about it, man. You know, like how can we not? Shit is happening, right? When you have another guy who was a regular for the better part of 18 months, find out that like he's potentially a part of an eight-figure cheating ring happening in LA home games and he's now disappeared off into the ether. Like, yeah, we're going to fucking talk about it. And like, <laughs> we're going to connect the dots as best we can because guess what? Your track record is not that fucking good. You know, and you're asking us to trust you implicitly that you're doing everything above board and that we don't have to be concerned about the players who are bringing their hard-earned cash to play on your felt. Now, I'm saying all this as uh, to, to preempt the shit that I'm going to basically talk on Vertucci because, <laughs> because I want it to be known that like I don't actually have any... I don't have anything with him, right? It's it's like one of those things where if I want to lay the, the timeline of how this happened, effectively all it boils down to is that I'm not the type of person to mince words and Vertucci's very fucking soft. He gets butthurt about anything that is critical said about him. This dates all the way back to Live at the Bike. So in 2018, I think it was, maybe, we played a pot together on the first quote-unquote million-dollar cash game. And what that meant was we were all buying in for 100000 there was going to be a million on the table. I ran a line versus him where I check-raised on like 997 or something to 998, something to that effect, with a hand like Jack 8 or Jack 7. I had a gut shot. Uh, <laughs> and I triple it off. 
And it was a three-bet pot in a spot where, like, I was confident at the time that Nick did not three-bet hands that contained a nine. And I thought that by the end, if I put them all in for very... I think we were playing 100-200, and, you know, I jammed River for, like, 50 or 60K. Like, if I try to play a thousand big blind pot with him, he's going to fold an overpair. And sure as shit, he folded aces. And what we arrived at, I did... I basically... You know, Poker News hit me up and said, like, will you give a quick two-minute breakdown of, like, what happened, what you were thinking? And I basically just said, like, at the end of the day, I don't think he has a nine here, which means that he's just going to fold range. And anytime that you're a poker player and you can position somebody into a corner where, through your aggression, you can get them to fold their entire fucking range, you just do it. <laughs> you just do True. it because you print infinite big blinds. Mm -hmm. You just you just make infinite money. <clears throat> and the thing is, he folded aces. So my presumption was correct. There was nothing made up here. There was no personal attack at him. There was nothing false being stated. It was just a simple observation of somebody who had a leak in their game and it was being brought out to the public. Now, was this malicious? No. I was asked by a news outlet to give my thoughts. I'm an instructor for a training site. Seemed like a good opportunity to break down a fucking hand. <laughs> what was the end result? Vertucci goes on a three-week-long podcast tour where he does <laughs> three hours on Ingram about what a piece of shit I am because his fucking feelings are hurt because he folded aces on a 997 board. Are we serious here? Is this, is this real life? All of this carries forward now years into the fucking future where every time that I bring up some area where I think Hustler could do better as a stream house, as a production house, whatever the case may be, I have some axe to grind with Nick. It's like, bro, I don't care about you enough to have an axe to grind. I'm sorry that your feelings get hurt, but I'm not the one making shit up. And that's the weird thing with the direction that this is taken. He keeps accusing me of lying on the mic. Him and all of his cohorts. Danielle Moon Anderson came out and she tried to obliterate me saying that like, I'm dead wrong about everything. And when I asked for specific examples, she didn't have a single one. She just said, well, I don't watch the show, but people have told me that you talk out of your ass. To be fair, they're not connected. Well, yeah, they are. <laughs> she runs the, she, she's a big part of the Hustler app game. Didn't know that. Okay, go on. Okay, now you know. It's not an accident that the same fucking people are coming out talking. So what happens? Feldman jumps in the thread, and he says, well, I think she's taking offense to you saying that Alex Ding is a scumbag. And it's like, well, he's a noted fucking scumbag. What do you want me to say? I didn't make this up. I've been sitting on this information for two years. He's run seven figures worth of fucking grifts on people in the community. He's cheated people in fake heads up matches. He's done a bunch of other things. Like you put your ear to the ground just because I have my finger on the pulse of what's going on. Doesn't mean that I'm the idiot. You're the idiot for not knowing any better. So what does he do? He drags me for 13 hours in tweets and then finally finds out after dozens of people flooded his DMs and said, Alex did this to me. Alex did this to me. Alex did this to me. What does he do? He DMs me and he goes, I had no idea about Alex Ding, man. <laughs> you know, he, it he sounds DM'd like you. he DM'd me he didn't, because he didn't, that's private and right. nobody's going to know about that. And he yeah. goes, I, you know, I had no, the darndest things happen out there in that world. You know, it's like Alex has always been good to me. <laughs> so I thought I needed to jump in there and defend him, but I had no idea. It's like, oh, you're going to say this to me privately. Fuck mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Fuck you. Now, he wanted to reach out personally. To right, him. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What, no, he wanted to he have wanted. a one-on-one, -on -one, but mm -hmm. never, never ever walk anything back in the public light, right? No, no, of course. And that's what this whole fucking collective does. They all got beef. Airball comes out and says, like, oh, I'll make an exception. I'll play Berkey uh, where I know that he's selling, but, like, anybody else who wants to play me, they have to have 100% of their own action because I have 100% of my own action. You know what just came out? Mars had a huge chunk of him in his heads-up match versus me. Hey. The HCL Collective had a huge chunk of him in his heads-up match against me. Oh. He sold 40%.
How'd that work out? Well, it seems like they're all a little bit fucking salty because they lost 400K collectively. Mm-hmm. You know? So whenever Vertucci's the one saying that I'm clouding the facts I. and that I don't tell the fucking truth, I want to know what truth he's fucking talking about. He said I lost 800,000 straight on Live at the Bike. Show me the receipts. Show me the receipts. I'm down 400K on Live at the Bike Lifetime, and it's because I lost 400,000 over two days playing 501K, 2K against person. So, so where's the lost, rest? You lost 200 big blinds? Yeah, 200 big blinds, oh, Conrad. How fucking dare I? How dare I? I'm sorry, bro. How fucking dare I? Two it's all blinds. over for you. Mm-hmm. Where is the 800K downswing? You know what happened whenever I, whenever, whenever I took the voice recording of him saying this on a space, tweeted it out publicly and said, you of all people should know, because at the time, I didn't have the context that he was talking about the bike. I thought he was talking about HCL. I said, you of all people should know, I've played HCL three times, and I'm up just shy of half a million, which is true. You know what he said? Berkey's a liar. He manipulates the conversation. I was talking about Live at the Bike where he lost 800K straight. It's like, okay, where did I lose 800K straight on Live at the Bike? Then show me those receipts. What does he do? He says, you were wrong. You said it was Hustler. Because that's what he fucking does. He's a Trumpian. He just sits here and he tries to spin and spin and spin and spin until he gets the narrative all the way back in his corner because he's soft as fuck, man. His feelings are hurt. He's a little goddamn crybaby. And you know who went in today and eviscerated him over this shit? The G, Was Garrett. Garrett just goes into spaces and he keeps trying to reposition the crowd into a way where it's like, no, no, no. I'm the victim here, man. I'm the one that people keep throwing daggers at, and all I'm trying to do is provide you with a little entertainment. I'm just trying to get this stream off the ground, you know? And you got these haters here. They're trying to make HCL cease to exist. You're trying, they're, they're trying to tear us down. Well, you won't let that happen, will you? No. Throw up a chant for, for HCL and make sure you support us because you're part of the family. Gotta be loyal. What does Garrett say? Shut the fuck up, man. You're full of shit. You're just full of shit. You're just saying a bunch of stuff because you never give any specifics. While everybody else is sticking their neck out to make sure that the community is protected and that shit actually goes down the right way. So what are we out here doing? We're out here actually calling out scumbags and cheaters. We're out here digging into the Ali cheating ring. We're out here doing our damnedest to find out who's RTAing to, to try to put some level of pressure on operators. We're out here calling out the stream security at HCL during the Jack 4. How much time did I spend saying that Robbie did or didn't cheat? In all honesty. Right? Well, you, right. you were more on the security side. 100%. I, 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 on the other side. Fine. <laughs> got some shit Fine. to talk. Right. <laughs> Fine. But we all had our, our own opinions on the show. And, Which is and what, what you led into was the security. Exactly. You, you led into the security. You didn't really care about it. Wapo was out there fighting for Robbie. Still, still is. is. Still is. Yeah. Still is, bro. Still, still is. is. Shout, right. shout out to innocent. my guy who's holding up a sign saying, Gary, right. give the money back. You know, it's Guap. Yeah. It's, it's fucking El though. But yes, we, we probably did 100 hours of coverage on Jack 4. And like 95 of it was me saying, get your shit in order. It's abundantly clear that you do not have a secure stream house and you have millions of dollars trading hands on the fucking table. What are we doing here? And he's upset about that. He's upset about that. It's insane. What are we talking about? So now bring us to, to, to current day. What happens? Well, he's running his mouth on space as usual. He's upset. All I did was compliment the fucking guy. He had a heated blow-up reaction about Garrett and Jack Four on his own podcast. So he keeps saying now, like, why are we talking about this a year and a half later? Why do you guys keep bringing it up? Why, you guys just want the attention. Yada, yada. No one fucking brought it up but you, man. 
you went on your pod and you eviscerated Garrett and you said that it's the lack of loyalty that disgusts you. It's not that Garrett believes he's cheated. It's not that anybody is calling hustler security into question or anything like that. It's the fact that everybody keeps digging their heels into what their opinion is. And in his eyes, their opinions are wrong and disaligned with quote unquote supporting the family. Why is anybody supposed to be loyal? That's what I'd like to know, Conrad. That's what I'm just trying to figure out. Are we on the payroll? I didn't know if we were. Right? Like, I, I get it. He thinks he did Garrett a lot of favors, I imagine. Yeah, it seems right? that way. Which maybe he did. Maybe Garrett did earn a lot of money through Hustler and indirectly through Nick supporting him. But, or Nick playing. But if he truly believes that Garrett is right to think that he was cheated, which Nick kind of implied, why on earth does he think that Garrett owes him some level of courtesy where he continues to believe he was cheated, which could only happen due to a compromised stream. Yep. But he also wants Garrett's support in getting to the bottom of this or yeah. securing the stream. Or, or working hand-in-hand hand together. Right, working. <laughs> like, what the fuck does that even mean, man? We could work on this investigation and, together. And this is the thing. He hears buzzwords, and he, he takes them how he wants to interpret them. So... Uh, I had some clips from the space sent to me. There was a point where Garrett said, I would have to be less than 70 IQ to think what I think and then want to work alongside Nick. Yeah. And Vertucci comes on and goes, why are you going to call me stupid, man? Yeah. Well, I think he actually he said that he um, to trust Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah fine, to, fine. You have to have less than right, that 70 IQ. So Nick hears, I'm stupid. Yeah. Which is not what was being said at all. Yeah. Right. And Gary goes, I didn't call you stupid at all. I just said, I would have to be stupid to trust you. Nobody fucking trusts you. Yeah. And that's the thing. Everything's a spin job, right? Everything is, is, is a, a repositioning of what is actually believed by the people who are speaking out. And again, like, I could give a fuck less if Hustler became the biggest stream house in the world. Hell, I'm here for it, man. It's only good for poker if it happens. Yeah, yeah I mean, I just kind of want to see Nick fail at this point. But <laughs> yeah, sure, it's good for poker. Sure, rightfully so. Like, <laughs> maybe Hustler becomes the biggest stream house in the world because Gigi buys them and, and Ryan and, and Nick ride off into the sunset. Who, who knows? Who cares? I truly, truly do not care. But what I do care about is that there are people that are industry leaders that are looked to from some part of the audience and believed to be trustworthy and uh, reasonable humans who will tell you the truth. And as far as I can tell, not a single word out of Nick's mouth is even remotely close to truthful. It's his version of the truth after it's run through his emotional brain that reconfigures everything to him being the one who's being called out. The tweet I put out that spurned all of this was, this is actually one of the best shows Nick has done since starting his pod. I'll say this though. It's understandable why Nick is so passionate about the daggers thrown his way. What I think he's missing is the responsibility the stream house bears. There's clear confusion in his belief that my stance is HDL cheated someone. In reality, I feel management failed in their responsibilities to own and operate a secure stream and continued to double and triple down that they had no involvement even after they were shown to be negligent. Yeah, so he's, he's upset that you're... Because he takes that as, um, you know, I'm not like nefarious. I'm incompetent, right? So that that's that's what I mean, you can take that's that as you want. right. And I think that's <laughs> what would you rather be? <laughs> I, I, right. Pick your no, fucking poison. No, I, I don't know, right? But it's it's yeah, it's it's that's kind of like 
Like he he's like, well, he's just calling us incompetent well, here's over the here. Thing. Here's the thing. His competency was called into question the night Jack 4 happened. And we were able to then backtrack and realize that they did not coherently put together a well-run stream, right? His competency is not getting called into question now. It's his ability to dig in to the fact that they were never incompetent to begin with. To dig into the fact that if something happened that fateful night, they had nothing to do with it. And that's the point that I'm trying to hammer down on is like, you don't get to shirk that responsibility. If something happened on your stream, under your watch, even if you had nothing to fucking do with it, you are goddamn responsible. And this is, you, you see this happening time and time again when he shirks responsibility of Brian, who was a fucking employee. Right. Either he was a thief who stole 15K off Robbie Stack, or he was involved in some capacity and was taking a payoff. But either way, it's impossible as the stream house to say that you had nothing to do with that. Of course you did. You fucking employed him. Yeah, you, you hired the person. You hired him. You he calls himself a leader all the time. That's <laughs> like the most laughable sentence I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. Extreme leadership is taking ownership over the thing that it is that you only lead. Only the best people. I hire only the best people. He's so Trump. <laughs> Bro, he's so Trump. He's so Trump. Yeah. It's so hard not to see the parallels. Yeah. So we're going to play a clip for you real quick. This came from the space. Uh, I, I think it was from like a week ago or so where Nick goes in and tries to claim that I'm a failed streamer, which he doesn't even know what streamer means. Like streamers are people who stream poker on Twitch and YouTube while they play, man. <laughs> okay. You're a stream house. Uh, you stream live games at a casino for the general public to play in that's semi-private and I guess invite only. You actually did pretty good as a streamer in COVID. My numbers were great. Man. And she was okay. uh, <laughs> Yo, not as good as us, though, bro. I see you. I see you. We were crushing yeah. it. That Overback Express is nice. We need to bring that back. Um, but anyway, to set up the, the context of this, uh, basically a year and a half ago, WPT asked us to do a, uh, a live stream cash game for them very last minute, uh, less than 24 hours to get it off the ground. Um, it was during the World Series summer. There were a bunch of creators in town. It was supposed to be Mr. Beast, uh, along with Ivy, um, some, some of the chess creators, and some of the gamers. Uh, I'll let you listen to the clip, and then I'll dig through it and explain to you guys just how dead fucking wrong he is about what he's saying. He tried, you know, they tried. They did the that studio. after? They did they do that after? Yeah, that was after. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was, that, was, that was the WPT fail. So... W, this is the thing that you know doesn't get out there. I've said it a few times when when Berkey's been ramping up just to needle him, but um, you know he tried a couple times before that, and it was a disaster. And then WPT somehow because you know Berkey's tied in with uh, what's that guy's name that works at Faded Spade? I can never remember his fucking name. Oh, anyway, Tom Tom whatever, yeah Tom right? Wheaton Tom, Tom Wheaton yeah. yeah. So they're buddies, and there's a lot of friendships going on over there. So. Berkey got an opportunity to run this game in his, you know, in his basement with his, you know, cause he has a pod set up with a table and I mean, a uh, uh, streaming thing set up and all that. It was a complete disaster. Yeah. Uh, like you said, the audio, this, it was shutting off. And by the way, they, they were running fucking trains through the production room, by the way, like per, per an inside person from the WPT, there was like zero security. What was going on there, the way it was set up. But uh, it just didn't go well, and they were very upset, and um, I think it was an embarrassment to WPT. I do not think 
that that's a reflection on if Mr. Beast would come back or not because he had a great time and, and it went very well. So, so you don't think that like something like that where the production value is so bad and you have these people that are like very focused on like the creation aspect of it that yeah. something like that wouldn't uh, sour them for the future? Like, well, because I mean, it was it was it was literally quite literally one of the worst things that probably has happened for poker. Like, you know, within the top one hundred, yeah. I'm not saying like actually. Uh, awful, I'm not going to say who, but my rep who I work with at WPT, I'm very close with. They were f besides themselves pissed off about how it went. It was a big opportunity lost. But to your question, I, I can't say for sure because I'm not in, in Mr. Beast's head. But I don't see how the correlation could be because he did come on our show and it was a huge success and production was perfect and he had a blast. And wasn't so, that wasn't hey, that before hey, that hey. though, or am I remembering? Yeah, it was before. It was before that. But we're right, before. right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I don't nah. know. It's like another live stream in poker, and it was a nightmare. So it's like it sucks for you guys because, like, had they just went through Hustler again, and it was yeah. a great success, like it would have been. Um, yeah. Then we'd have a completely different. Like in my eyes, you know, the ball would still be rolling down the hill instead of you know now. Yeah. You got no, I. I, I don't think it would stop him because we're two separate entities and he had a great experience. But but let's just say somehow that lined up. I don't know if that's true. Hey, hey, Nick, and shout out to Berkey and Salves of Wide. Good for them. How does WPT do on your streams? Uh, I think they're very happy with all the stuff that they sponsor with you guys. I'm just, again, shout out to Berkey. I'm sure they're doing great for WPT. Uh, How about in your world? How is WPT feeling in your world? I'm just curious. Yeah, the, they feel pretty good. Uh, they, you know, they use uh, per our contract a ton of our content that they put on their channel, which is doing very well. Uh, we use their ambassadors that love to come and play. That's part of the contract. And then, um, you know, they're advertising on the felt and running commercials on the number one poker show in the world. So I, I, I think they're happy. You know, there's no complaints. Uh, we work well together. I mean, I know what bit you're doing, but I'm just like leaning into answering. <laughs> I'm leaning no, no, into I'm answering. Not, listen, I'm not doing a bit. I'm just well, you know what I mean. I, I mean, no, no, it's no, not a bit. It, it, it's not at all cringe. What I what I'm listening I, to, I, not at all. I answered honestly, but I but I understood where I was at. Definitely not cringe. Aiden, Aiden, Nick knows the elements. He knows what's going on. He knows the innuendos. You know, he's 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 bank. All right, go go go. <laughs> I just know the cringe in the based when it comes to bits. That's all I'm good for. On the Vertucci slash HCL shenanigans special space hosted by the Nick Vertucci show. Doing some rapid fire podcasts coming Listen, up. So stay I just tuned want to for say a buddy, a buddy of mine was cheated out of a poker game in the Valley and Encino. And I heard they're blaming HCL right, for so, that. HCL just uh, blamed for her, by the way. Obviously, there's a lot to unpack there. So did we run a stream for WPT creators? Absolutely. Was it a disaster? 100% it was. Uh, there was zero getting around that. To give the backstory that Nick didn't give, uh, number one, Hustler was never an option. This took place during the WSOP. It needed to be in Vegas. And the uh, initial... The initial potential uh working together i believe was about 72 hours prior to uh the day that they were trying to run it now the whole game was supposedly built around mr beast um i can't remember what other gamers were there but it was a couple of the guys that magnus. were on uh, oh yeah that's right magnus carlson was there mm -hmm. 
Um, and then a couple of the gamers that were on the... Both uh, Tez sisters were there. Right. And then a couple yeah. of the gamers uh, from the Hustler stream were there. So it was going to be a collaboration with the Both Tez sisters. It was going to go out on their Twitch channel as well as all the WPT channels. Uh, and essentially, they reached out to us 72 hours prior and said, like, you know, is your studio available? Can you guys make this happen? And we answered with a resounding no shot. Literally no chance. We have only run one live stream event ever and it was in 2017. It was the heads up challenge that we did in uh, coordination with Run It One, or sorry, Run It Up and Jay Carver. And we spent about a month preparing for that, mm -hmm. getting everything in order, getting the production uh, team together, making sure that we were able to staff it, that we were able to, uh, you know, troubleshoot all of the audio, the commentary. We ran a dynamic delay on that, which was at the time uh, revolutionary. You know, shout out to Andre; he was one of the first to do it. Um, it was a lot of a lot of hoops to jump through to ensure that we had a seamless stream. And it went off without a hitch. Uh, we were really proud of that event. It was fantastic. We wanted to keep bringing it back. It might have been 2018. Um, but anyway, COVID didn't allow for that. Uh, so we ended up canceling it. We haven't revisited since because live streaming just took off in its own right. It you wasn't... can watch it for free at uh, softwarewide.io. Thank you, LeManager. Uh, <laughs> but it took off or live streaming took off in its own direction. It became its own market space. And it wasn't one that I had any intention ever in competing in because from my perspective, there isn't very much meat on the bone. You know, it makes sense for someone like Doug at the lodge because it promotes his business. It makes sense for someone like Ryan and Nick because they have a production studio, I guess that they're licensing to hustler and they're getting paid some amount to do so. Uh, it doesn't make sense to an independent body to run it out of the basement of a studio in Vegas when you're already up against a bunch of casino streamed games. Like there's nothing that we can offer uh, as a home game that the casino can't do better. We have less security. We have less, uh, you know, ability to, um, you know, handle and process payments. There's just a million reasons why you wouldn't want to consistently run uh, a stream game out of an office building or a house or anything along those lines. So his notion that somehow like I was trying to dip my toes in the water and be a competitor are just fucking ludicrous. They're completely unfounded. When we were offered this, we just gave a resounding no. We didn't even give prices or anything. It was just like, there's absolutely no chance mm -hmm. in two and a half days that we'll be able to get this done. So what happened? Uh, the contact that I was in touch with, who I'm assuming is the same contact that Nick is throwing under the bus now. By the way, let's just talk about that from a oh professionalism, le professionalism level. He just went on a four and a half minute rant, throwing WPT under the bus every step of the way. Because at the end of the day, this was not a solve for why product. It did not go on our YouTube channel. It was a WPT product. It went on their YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. They organized the cash game. They brought in all the creators. They did, like, it was as much their failure as ours. We certainly share the blame, and I'm not trying to shirk a thing. No. Because we did not fucking execute. To the point where I demanded we did not get paid whenever it came down to the final negotiations. Or not even negotiations. Like, we had, we had a, a set amount in place. And I said, listen, we can't take payment for the product that we put out. Like, I'm embarrassed by it. I, we, we did not accomplish what we set out to do. Uh, I, I don't want to accept money for this. And we ended up settling on the staff got paid. So it was significantly less than what we agreed to. But, you know, I, I offered the production team a lot to have them come out in short notice. Anyway, um, 
you know, Nick just spends four and a half minutes talking about how his contact's so embarrassed about us and the product we put out and how shitty it was and how there was no security and all this other stuff. Well, guess what? We told them all of that up mm -hmm. front. Yep. Three days out when we said we absolutely cannot do this, it was because we could not secure our peak room. We could not get the audio functioning in that short period of time. We couldn't get the proper camera direction. We couldn't get everything to be as high level as you would see in a stream that operates five days a week or a studio setup like PokerGo. So what happens? The contact then goes to PokerGo and see if they can rent the arena. They can't because PokerGo's entire production is at the at the time Rio, or maybe it was the first year of the Horseshoe. I don't remember. It was the first year. Of uh, maybe. They were already there setting up for the main, so they couldn't do that. They tried to go to the Luxor where uh, WPT runs their final tables. No staff. Couldn't run it. They tried to contact, I believe, Poker Night in America. or uh, Actually, they tried to contact... Here's the irony. They tried to contact Andre, because Andre had done something for this in the past. You saw Landon play on a live stream where they did it from an undisclosed area. It was like a mansion or something like that. Mm -hmm. Andre ran that entire production. It went off without a hitch. Mm -hmm. But he had like a month to prepare for it. So what did he say? Absolutely not. We cannot do this in two days turnaround time. Contact comes back to us and says, please, we have to, we have to capitalize on this. We have Mr. Beast. How can we make this work? And I said... If you want the studio and the equipment and you guys figure it out, by all means. I just don't want my hands attached to it. So we kicked around that idea for a little while. We went through the logistics and it became abundantly clear, like, no fucking way. Like, they weren't in a position to staff something like this. There was no way they were going to be able to get the right people. And it's like, okay, I mean, I have the people to staff it. I guess, like, let me reach out to them and see if there's any way that they can get this done in a short period of time, but you have to make it worth their while. And they're like, yeah, fine. We don't care. Like we'll, we'll pay. We, we just want to get it done. So now we're like 20 hours out from the stream. I contact Travis at pigtails and a few others and say like, look, man, can we, can we throw something together here? That's reasonably secure. It's just a home game for these guys. They all trust each other. Like, you know, we don't have to be to the same level of protocols that you would see in a casino because these guys aren't strangers and they know what they're signing up for. Like we we're being very upfront and, and forward with what we can offer. So like, you know, our hands are kind of tied here and they're like, it's going to be really fucking hard, but like, we'll try. So I'm like, okay. So they got out here at like 10 AM the next day. The stream was supposed to pop off at seven. We spent seven hours setting up at six 30. We attempted to trouble or we attempted to do our first like dry run to see if we could troubleshoot some things. Everything went off without a hitch. We didn't, we didn't run into issues. We had some hiccups that were like, you know, with the commentary booth mm -hmm. and everything else. Like we had some things that were very sensitive. It was like, okay, there are some fail points here for sure. But like, let's cross our fingers and hope that it goes well. Hour into the stream or so, we lose the commentary. We just lose them completely. And now at this point, like, Obviously, nobody's communicated to the talent that this is all thrown together in zero time and that, you know, there's a chance to have errors. So Andrea is going insane. She's like, my chat can't hear me. Like, they're losing their mind, blah, blah, blah. Isn't there something you guys can do? And like, we're working like madmen trying to troubleshoot this. And the funny part is that this is literally just a one-off, something that we don't do. We're trying to like build a relationship with WPT, do them a favor, put ourselves at major risk here uh, in order to do so. 
And, uh, you know, obviously it's burning right before our eyes. But the irony is the same goddamn thing happened on HCL, <laughs> which is in a casino, runs five days a week. They're supposed to have all the fucking protocols ironed out. But nine months into their stream, we pulled the fucking uh, tape from Ryan telling Airball and a collection of others midstream to get out of the production booth. Yep. <clears throat> Because they had lost sound and their graphics were down or some something along those lines. Like, they were having issues. So, if, he wants to talk about a train being ran through the peak room. Like, this is a guy who openly had a stream that allowed the players who were playing on it to fucking walk in midstream and just shoot the shit with the producer. What the fuck are we talking about, man? <laughs> and now you're going to throw your lead title sponsor under the bus because of their failure as much as ours. Right? Like, you want to fucking get me? You, you think you got me here? I'm never going to run another live stream again for the rest of my life. I don't give a shit. And nor did you want to. <laughs> right. Right. Wait, you don't want to be a right. streamer? <laughs> you sure, bro? <laughs> it's like, I don't give a shit, but WPT should fucking care. Mm -hmm. You know? You're bringing up, you're, you're picking it a scab that they've all been erased from history. Right. You know? It's nowhere out there to be found. And at the end, it was just like a, a casual, like, okay, like... Obviously, that didn't go well, but we got the footage we wanted. Mr. Beast was never going to fucking come anyway. We got all the fucking B-roll we can handle. Nothing happened uh, like with the actual game itself. The worst thing that happened here is we had an audience that wasn't seeing the quality of production that they're accustomed to. But guess what? Six months later, they had share hands come into the fucking win and just blow everybody out of the water. Right. And that's going to be the standard moving forward. Like, we don't have to worry about this in the future. You know, it's just not that big of a deal. And if we do worry about it in the future, we'll have adequate time. And I fucking promise you, we'll check every goddamn box in that protocol list that we've been holding you accountable to. But you still run five days a week, 365. Like, tighten your own fucking ship. Stop trying to find ways to, to drag me because I'm critical of the fact that you have millions and millions and millions of dollars flowing through your game week in and week out, most of which seems to be coming from fucking cheated home games and people that are scumming <laughs> elsewhere. You know, you have your own goddamn issues. What the hell are you so concerned about the criticisms that I'm throwing your way when they're completely fucking valid? That's what I don't understand. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> that's what grinds my gears. Simadonna. Well, it's just like, uh, I mean, the WPT thing really fucking irked me. Yeah. Because for sure. uh, it, it's a major brand, and it's, I, I know a lot of the people that are working at pretty high levels within WPT, within GG, within WSOP, within all of these major brands. And I have reasonable working relationships with most of them. And he's just trying to like poo poo that because of some hearsay that got back to him, maybe from somebody who was frustrated that the event failed. Okay, fine. I'm frustrated about it too. Mm -hmm. But if you want to like try to throw that dirt to, to Vertucci as some sort of like comeback for the things that we're saying, where we're saying like, look, man, you're running million dollar streams and your ship isn't tight. You should do better. It's like, well, you ran a fucking, you ran a home game once. <laughs> and, well, uh, you tried to be a streamer. Right. Like, yeah. You tried know, to be a streamer. Mm -hmm. Apples to apples, baby. But you, you know, failed. Kind of the same thing. Oh, and I know about poker. Out exactly. Loud. That's where I was going to go next. So the other thing is, and this is so crazy. These guys listen to the podcast religiously and they still get the fucking details wrong. Apparently, somebody went in the space and said that uh, 
Poker Out Loud, which they're conflating with the Academy, not the same Two thing. Two separate there, there things. Because there was a Poker Out Loud Academy. We do have a Poker Out Loud Academy. Doesn't, completely separate also from the show. Doesn't matter. Why would, Alex, why would Alex Ding be at the fucking Academy? He was not. Okay. Not only was he not there. <laughs> he, he was nowhere around any of our customers. He was trying to scout his next heads up opponent. <laughs> yeah, probably. Apparently. Probably. They also think Alex Ding is dead. He's not. Uh, I mean, he's dead from the poker community, but he's alive <laughs> and well somewhere with a job trying to pay back all of the bad debt that he's accrued. Uh, so let's get a few things straight. Poker Out Loud is an educational educational product. It's not for profit. Nobody shows up to Poker Out Loud expecting to beat their opponents for many, many, many dollars. We're playing relatively small stakes, and the sole purpose that everyone signs up for is to... Be educational. It's why the lineup is tough. It's why I only get people that I have implicit trust with and then people that they trust. So in this particular instance, Jeremiah was very good friends with Ding. I knew Ding loosely. Both of us thought that he was a reasonable human being. And we both knew that he was incredibly fucking sharp. So we thought he would have a lot to add to the to the uh, Poker Out Loud dynamic. So he comes on, he beats us out of like 1500 bucks or $3,000, something like that. I think it was 3K. Okay, yeah. And then we find out later that it's pretty probable he was cheating. Now, is it easy to cheat poker out loud? Of fucking course, man. We're wearing noise-canceling headphones. We're speaking our thoughts out and loud. We're, yeah, we're giving our strategy out loud. Right. Nobody's comparing this to a live-streamed poker game that has millions of dollars up for stake where no one's interested in educating anyone. Their only concern is making money, right? So, of course, the structure of Poker Out Loud is not secure. It's not meant to be. It's entertainment. It's entertainment. It's, a, it's not it's a gambling environment. Right. It's educational, right? Like, it's also not live-streamed. So, nobody's getting the whole cards in real, in real time. Nobody has access to that. Now, of course, if they turn off their headphones and I say, all right, I have queens here and they hear that, then they're going to play fucking perfectly against that. Yeah. And whatever, man. Like, okay, so we got got by Alex Ding for a very small number. Who does that impact? Everybody on the fucking game understood the risk. Four of them are employees of the company. One was Jeremiah who got fucked for almost seven figures out of Ding. And the other was Ding. You think <laughs> Jeremiah is like... Never going to speak to me again because he lost $300 <laughs> in this game. Uh, He's played poker out loud since. Like, he was the one who told me he thinks Alex is, is very likely to have cheated us. So it's like, get your fucking shit in order. You know, I've never seen grasping somebody. grasping at straws, man. I've it's, just it's never just, seen someone throw so many stones. Right. It lives in the most glass house mm -hmm. I've ever seen built. You know, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. So he just continues to, as you said, grasp at straws. Now he wants to call Connie a con man oh my and God. say that he's a fucking scumbag because when he was a dealer in underground games in New York, he was told to take rake. It was crazy. No shit. Like, it's, it's wild because like, yes, actually he had Christian on his podcast one time, like a year ago, which I never even saw it till today. Yeah. Where he was like, yeah, he raked a lot. And I was really good at it. But like the truth was it was 10% no cap. You know what ten percent no cap Christ. looks like in a box over fifteen hands? A lot. It's a lot of fucking green chips. Yeah. So when there's five k pots, you're taking out five hundred. You have to be good with like cha making change, making it small, whatever, and just not making it noticeable. And that's why people love like whatever just didn't notice. And but if it was asked, it was ten percent no no cap. Right. So like I never did anything malicious or anything, but 
Right. It was just a lot. To be but, to be yeah. fair, you were taking twenty percent, thirty percent, which he suggested. Well, you were to doing. be well, fair, I watched said. the clip and Christian definitely threw Conrad under the bus. He made it sound like Conrad was like very sneakily just raking the whole fucking uh, pot. Well, yeah, which did not like, happen. He basically made it sound like as if you know Conrad's dealing in one hand and scooping as many black chips in the other. And to be fair, like I don't know what to, happened. To be fair, I was dealing with one hand and scooping chips with the other, but it was ten percent. Okay, fine. Like, you know, and, and like, here's the thing. Pots like, was fucking huge. Here's the thing. If you were over raking, like, I don't know if that took place or not, Wasn't. but I also don't care. Like, I don't care if 15 years ago in some shady fucking New York underground game, the deal or the, the guy running it says, I'm paying you a percentage based off of what you rake. So rake the fucking shit out of them. And you did that. I don't care because I don't think that that matters. I've played in so many home games where the rake was supposed to not exist. And I've watched myself get thousands of dollars taken out of every pot. And I just turned the other way. Fucking Mike the Greek. Whenever I played that game, I got in aces versus kings for 5k each. And I got returned 9,600. <laughs> Where'd the 400 go, Mike? Yeah. It's, it's, I fucking know where it went. But you're sitting in the game, so I'll accept it. You know? Like, I didn't ever pull those dealers outside and try to shake them down. They're doing their goddamn job. Right? Now, is it ethical? For, who knows? It's, it's not the dealer that you should have the concern with. It's the game runner. He's the one passing on the information. So, like, I'm not trying to give anybody a pass here, but I also just don't give a shit. If you're, if you're going to frequent home games, like, shit's going to happen, man. I don't, I don't need a pass. Literally, one of the fucking guys that played the game, the lawyer Sean, came on to Twitter and was like, Conrad's never done, like, anything out of control. He actually, like, was very stand-up, and that's why I continue to follow his career, uh, career or whatnot. And I was like, you know, it feels good because, like, he was a staple in the game. Mm -hmm. And, like, I know I did nothing wrong. Even, like, games where I just got dealt only tips only. Yeah. Like, I just got whatever people just tipped me. I never took a fucking dollar. Right. This Not is, a fucking dollar. This is Nick just trying to... F I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha here. I gotcha here. Right? And there's nothing. There's nothing there. And it's just like, who is he going to come after the tortoise next? What is <laughs> yes. I think you right? burnt your brisket. Yeah. Right, he's just like, this guy's stealing fucking briskets out of the fucking meat market. Right. <laughs> um, that, that, actually, that clip will absolutely be taken out of context. Feldman actually caught some straights today, too. Um, and it wasn't even from G-Man. It was from, from Vertucci. Um, <laughs> on two separate occasions, he was saying, are they still okay? Are they still working together? Yeah. Um, he said that Feldman doesn't have the balls or the backbone to actually tell G-Man how he really feels about him. Which seems kind of strange. Like this is your working partner, and you're you're talking about him this way. Well, he's he's up in his feels, man. He gets up in his feels, and then he just pops off at the at the mouth, and then down the line he'll just say, oh, "I'm the kind of guy who wears my emotion on his sleeve, you know, take it or leave it." Kind the of truth is, yeah, it, it's like <laughs> Garrett nailed it. He's like, the truth is that when you say the truth is, whatever is about to come out of your mouth is a fucking lie. Yep. Like, this guy is so full of hot air, and it's crazy that he's <laughs> developed any sort of a following. But the irony is that he truly does think that he's relative or relevant to this space. I, I jokingly said, enjoy the 50K extra views on your tweet whenever I quote tweeted him and tried to pay him a compliment, mind you. I, I not Maybe not even a compliment, but like a, a little bit of a, I understand. It was a little bit of sympathy and empathy where it's just like, he really got hot in this, in this uh, podcast over the Garrett and the Jack four thing and how every, and like, you know, it's, it's clear he feels betrayed. And I kind of just led with like, I understand how you've clouded things to believe that it's the world versus Nick. 
And I get that. And I understand and respect the passion that you have moving forward because you truly are a business owner who's trying to do well, as best I can tell. But you're just grossly ignoring or not listening to the actual words that are being spoken about you. You're just taking offense for the sake of being offended instead of actually listening to the criticisms and trying to do a little bit better. That was all my tweet said. And it turned into him just dragging the fuck out of me, bringing up the WPT thing, bringing up a million other things. So I replied again and I said, okay, you want to call me the liar? Where's my 800K downswing on Live at the Bike? To which he replied, you said it was an 800K downswing on Hustler and I never said that. Which I replied, okay, where's my 800 downswing on Live at the Bike? What the fuck's the difference? You're still lying. <laughs> Crickets, okay? Then I said, where are the cards from the night of Jack 4? Because it wasn't in the report. And that's a very reasonable fucking thing to ask. Yeah. Like, in lieu of the Mars cheating thing, where yeah. they had a marked deck and was wearing contacts, and Robbie having these weird colored glasses, seems pretty reasonable to say, like, hey, did anybody fucking check the cards? To which he replies, this weird email that I really hope Bulletproof didn't actually send. I, I actually hope. <laughs> I hope for the sake of the Bulletproof company that Nick forged this email in some capacity. <laughs> because the last sentence of him trying to explain why the cards don't matter in poker terms is one of the most insulting things I think I've ever read. It's a real bad call. Yeah, it's just like, what are we, what are we talking about here, man? That she wouldn't want to flip if she was cheating. That, that's so irrelevant. But most importantly, nothing in this email addresses what I was questioning. Did you check to see if the cards were fucking marked? Did you run them under all the different uh, lights that could potentially be marking them, similar to what we just saw with the Mars thing? If they're locked up in a safe right now, wouldn't it be prudent to do that again? You claim that these things are still on hand in evidence. Wouldn't it be smart to publicly just do that and demonstrate to everybody? But no. Instead, I get ridiculed and criticized because I should have known based off of the report where they said the RFID could not have been the fail point that the cards were fine. Well, I'm not fucking questioning the RFID, man. Right. I'm questioning if there was any goddamn markings on the cards and you guys never mentioned anyone checking them. So now suddenly... The manager of Hustler jumps in and says, I can, I can confirm. I got the cards that night. I locked them <laughs> up in a safe. We looked at them. Everything's on the up and up. It's like, well, you just, well. you just wanted to share that information now? 15 months later? That wasn't something you thought was prudent at the fucking time? <laughs> also, since when did you guys start running through a card protocol? The last I heard, 10 months ago or 12 months ago when we were discussing this, was that the cards are in the back of the fucking production room so that if a card breaks, they can run one out. That was the last I heard about their protocol. Maybe it changed. I hope that it did. I hope that they have casino card control over it. But to assume that we just knew all of this is fucking insane. What are we talking about here, man? Who's the actual person lying here? And why? It doesn't make any fucking sense. So... Why do we keep bringing up Jack 4? Why does Nick's reputation keep getting thrown up? Why are all of these people constantly on the tip of our tongues? Because they're all doing shady fucking shit. And then anytime somebody questions it, they turn their spears back at you and say, no, 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 we're the good guys. You just have your pitchforks out and you're coming to get us. I mentioned that I said, congratulations on the extra 50K views that you got on this tweet. It actually ended up being 
Let me let me get this right. <laughs> he got where's it at? God damn it. I think I closed it. it it's well over a hundred thousand views uh on this tweet, which led to well over ten thousand listens on his podcast. Hundred and fifty three thousand views. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want to know how, that? That's on my quote tweet. You want to know how many are on his original tweet? How many? One hundred seventy thousand. So you got seventeen thousand organic. Okay, that's the that's the power of my platform compared to his. You want to know how many views his podcast got? This episode, this one that I quote tweeted that wasn't anything in particular. Ten thousand views in two days. You want to know how many the one before it got? Twenty eight hundred mm. in six or seven days. Why? I wonder. Why? Because it got fucking amplified, you right schmuck. (laughs) (laughs) You Uh, don't act like you're the fucking relevant one. Don't act like as if we're bringing your name up for clout. It's the exact opposite every single time. Matt, you should really be careful. He's gonna call you out for being on Grinder. Show my profile. I don't give a fuck. Let's see the receipts. Show me a goddamn receipt. So all of this culminated with Veronica texting me and saying, would you ever come on our podcast? And I just replied, LOL. Like literally, you've got to be fucking kidding me. How on earth could in a million years you think that this is something I would consider doing? And we went back and forth. Uh, she said something to the effect of like, you know, nothing is getting resolved in, in this capacity when you guys are just going back and forth on Twitter. It's like, I don't care. I'm not trying to resolve anything. I keep calling it out because I think that he's a bad person and end of story. I think he's a bad person. I think he's harmful to the community at large. So when he does shit, I'm just going to say something about it. And I think that like, you know, he's railroading basically any progress that could be made in the streaming sphere as a whole. Uh, and she just kind of replies like, well, I think it would make a really good podcast. It's like, yeah, for you, you guys are irrelevant. You're getting 1500 views per show. I don't know why you keep going back to this. It's like Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> like, Why on earth would you keep returning to this man? It doesn't make any sense, but he does seem to have that pool. He pulled Christian out of here. Mm-hmm. You don't see him here anymore. Do you? Nope. Absolutely not. He's very loyal to that hustler brand and it all started because I suggested that they should take a fucking weekend off. And get their shit in order. To which my guy here is like, nah, man, I need them seats. I think you're <laughs> wrong. And Nick is right. And it turned into a huge falling out over that, right? Now now he's, what, got comments? Where are the seats? Where are the seats, bro? When are you going to play? <laughs> when are you going to fucking cash in he's, for licking those boots? I thought I thought he he's on the list. He's, oh, on, oh, he's, okay, on, the he's list. on the list. He's on the list. Well, the good news is he's going to get in sooner or later because they're running out of fucking players. That's abundantly clear. Mm-hmm. The last four episodes, no one spoke English, including Airball. what the fuck is going on here you know you're gonna run out of people to back you because the shady people are just like worried about their own at this point blank check ben's disappearing from the ether he's made a big enough ass of himself in the public sphere at this point that he can't possibly come back Airball, Airball enjoys being a fucking doormat, I guess. I don't know, man well he's running out of money he's running out of something he looked fucking miserable the other day on the stream he so, looked super fucking withered. Like, it was all over for what him. What did he get in return? He embarrassed himself for an entire year. Lost a million. Lost a million to me and then many millions elsewhere. And what has he gotten in return? Nothing. Where's the loyalty? Where's, where's the, him being the next Garrett? Where are all the, the, the soft seats and the free money for Airball? I don't see him. He's, just getting, he's a patsy. He's just getting kicked around. 
He's like a can getting kicked down the alley until he runs out of cash and he's not useful to them anymore. He's dispensable. Yeah. Everybody on that show is. And nobody gets it yet. We'll see what happens whenever commerce launches. We'll see how fast people start to jump ship. Right? And then what happens? Then we oh, turn the fucking page. Oh, then we turn on Twitter spaces and we hear about loyalty. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> They're all going to be fine. They're all going to be fine whenever this is all said and done. Last thing I said to Veronica was there's no chance that Nick has heard a single word with an open mind from anybody since this entire scandal started six or 15 months ago. He's just all up in his feels. And she said, I understand your point. I just thought it'd be an interesting one to discuss. So it's, it's very clear to me that even people who are within his sphere that are reasonable, rational, logical thinkers have given up on trying to get through. Right. And I imagine Ryan suffers from the same sort of frustrations where it's like you're partnered with this guy who's now made it a mission to be, as I quote, the next Dana White or Elon Musk and not give a fuck <laughs> while he runs his business the way he wants. It's like, okay, bro, do it. But, you know, suffer the wrath of the talking heads while it happens. So, sure. Is he going to come back and say a bunch of shit? Fine, I don't care. I've ne no one has a cleaner closet than me, so I truly do not give a fuck. That's why I feel like I can come up here and say the shit that I say in order to hopefully make the place and the space that we all live and play in a little bit fucking cleaner. But, you know, maybe not. Maybe it's all for naught. And truthfully, I don't really care. I enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I can tell you're enjoying this right now. I like being right, man. I like fucking being right. It feels good. Yeah, it feels good to be on the right side of things. And I by no means get everything right. I get a lot of shit wrong. Yeah. Nice. And I'm very happy to walk anything back. Mm -hmm. Like that pan. That pan. Oh, wow. <laughs> That pan. That's you for, fucked up with that pan. First comment in yesterday's chat mm -hmm. was that pan was going to die anyway. You know what? <laughs> My guy knows. Can yeah. I ask you to walk one thing back? Sure. I'm feeling a little weird about this thing you saying that Nick's a bad person because I don't feel like, and I know you guys are going to say that Miguel's the apologist. Um, I don't feel like he's a bad person. I feel like maybe he's just emotional and and perhaps uninformed. I think that's true. Um. I don't think I, I don't he's think, uninformed. I don't think he's a bad guy. He can't be uninformed. I don't Everybody think he's talks uninformed. to him. I, I definitely don't think he's uninformed. Um, and I think it depends on how you're defining bad. So, sure. Like, like I'll, I'll tell you something that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, when he talked about uh, Garrett being on Grindr. Yeah. Like, it, clearly that has some homophobic... Um, Undertones. Undertones. For you know sure. what I mean? Like, to, to say just, that you're dissing just, someone because they're on a gay right. dating site. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's very like 1998. Right. Like, I'm going to call you gay. And they called him out on it today. Yeah. And he said, well, you know, I was drinking a little bit of whiskey and, and I told Garrett that I was sorry. Yeah. Of um, course he has to do that. Well, also, I mean, he can't like, double down on it. Also, leaning on, like, oh, I was drinking, so it's okay. Yeah. Like, he's just like, he's shirking responsibility. Like, yeah. Okay. If he was my granddad, I'd give him the pass, but he's not. Okay. So I guess I'm going to hold him to a bit of a standard here. I apologize. Uh, I understand what you're saying. Like if you, if you're taking the word bad and you're applying it to um, somebody who has malicious behavior that is like truly trying to cause harm to others, specifically like physical or financial. then yeah, I, I think you maybe it's think like that. a lot more gray, okay. right? Yeah, I was going to say, we don't even know that though. But, but I think he's bad in the sense of he, uh, I think he's bad in the same way that I think like 
um, you know, people who fall into uh, like hive mind are bad. And it, it, the only way I can, I guess, I, I can, I can best describe it is that they are a net negative to the people who believe what they say or trust them, mm -hmm. right? So I think that they cause harm to the people who uh, put their trust into them. And sure, it may not be physical harm and it may not even be financial harm, but like there's some, there's a mental tax to be paid to believe somebody who believes their own bullshit and passes it off as fact, in spite of the fact that like they're just over emotional, they're overreactive. And more importantly, they do carry like some homophobic undertones or, you know, misogynistic undertones. Like there are a lot of things in his behavior that I don't agree with. Time out. If I Google the man's name, there's nothing but real estate scamming that comes up. So, like, allegedly, he is a bad person. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, too much about it, but, like, you could just Google shit. Yeah. Figure I, it out yourself. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Like, you, you can't necessarily run from your past. I don't know enough about that type of stuff. Like, same. You same, know, but still, I, I'm sure that I there are Google people it. out there that would, <laughs> that would imply that the Academy is a scam. Um, in which case, and yeah, like, you know, Airball did, right? And, you know, we went through that whole battle. Yeah. where we kind of had to disprove that to your to your point i don't know that he's really done much to prove that what he was doing wasn't a scam I but even, i don't even think he talked about it but the other thing is that like unless you can show me that it was actually like a ponzi or something structural that was you know scamming people out of their money completely malicious yeah like if it was if it was information being sold at a high price it's hard to call that a scam because it's up to the consumer yeah, you know he's gonna I mean? twist this That's into fair. saying you called him a uh, real estate scammer. I just hope. I just hope. You know how he's gonna like Berkey called me a real estate scammer. It was Conrad when first of all. Well, it was Conrad and Berkey was defending you, Nick. Okay, so I, I don't let's care. Get that straight. I don't care what he tries to twist. If, I know. if there are still people that after this show listen to the bullshit that comes out of his mouth with any level of trust or yeah. interest, then that's on them. Like, there's no. There's no bringing them back. Like, if if you're still like championing, championing, championing for championing, yes, yeah. thank you for for Nick after Jack Four after Airball after um you know whatever you want to call the real estate stuff and everything like just after Googling at some his name. point at some point if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck it's probably not a fucking mongoose <laughs> you know. You know, like that classic <laughs> saying, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't no mongoose, man. Everyone's heard that one. You know before. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm actually I'm paraphrasing that off somebody who tweeted at me because I thought it was fucking hilarious. But yeah, like, <laughs> it's probably a duck. So it's not a monkey that throws shit at the wall. Wow. <laughs> right. So we know who does. It's 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 just one of those things where it's like, look, I'm gonna keep doing me. He's gonna keep doing him. We're gonna have our own little collectives that that ride the ride and and you know believe whatever they believe. And that's fine. I, I'm I'm happy for it. Like, but this whole like bullshitty facade of like let's bury the hatchet and like I don't have to like him to this that or that. It's like, bro, let's not forget the fucking day one when Jack Four happened. You called me scrambling, scrambling. I effectively wrote the initial fucking statement that Hustler put out that night, the PR statement, because this guy is a fucking bird brain and has no idea how to run a business, <laughs> right? And like, yeah, I'm not Garrett. I'm not going to be PC. Like, I know one of the first things he said in space is like, I did not call you stupid because I don't attack people. Yada, yada. Well, like, I I'll get in the mud. 
Like, when someone's a bird brain about something, you call them a fucking bird brain. And if you can't put out a simple PR statement when shit happens, if you can't shut your stream down when something like that happens because you don't want to lose the audience, like, if you can't make these calls in real time, it's very difficult to, like, admire you as a quote-unquote leader and businessman, as an industry leader and all these other things. So... Yeah, man, I'm out here. I'm on my soapbox and I'm fucking stating my opinion, which is all I've been doing for 15 months. And I understand that hurts your feelings and you don't like it, but I'm entitled to it. So what the fuck do we care? You know, I don't watch any of the shit you put out, but sometimes it gets thrown my way. And sometimes I see that you're dragging me along with WPT along it. It's like, you know what? I'm going to address that. I'm going to go ahead and address that. Because they're a big fucking mover in this industry. And I'm not going to have my name aligned with some sort of ultimate failure that was true. We did fail, but not the way that he's making it sound. Like, I'm going to tell the actual story, not the Nick Vertucci narrative. Mm -hmm. That's not the right way to fucking go about this. <sighs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Shit's been popping. Happy New Year. And that's how we end the year. <laughs> <laughs> The famous words of Henry Kilbane: Take a day off, mate. Take, <laughs> take a <laughs> fucking day <laughs> off, boys. Fireworks started before New Year's this yeah. year. <laughs> Did I miss anything? <laughs> I, don't so, man. I don't think you missed anything. I just so. double check it. Take a second yeah. to make sure you didn't miss anything. No, Henry, yeah. Henry, you haven't been around for a while. Are there any holes you need to fill in? There? <laughs> I think I'm caught up, but yeah. <laughs> you ready for the snowboarding trip or what? I am indeed, my man. Uh, I'm excited for it, man. Get me the fuck out of here. We are going to be going on a uh, about a 10 day hiatus. We're going to come back January 3rd, new and improved. We got a lot to uh, we got a lot to to announce for you guys. Big year coming ahead in 2024. Uh, we're going to be back with the In the Muck segment whenever we get around to it next week. Or sorry, two weeks from now. Weekend Warrior will be revamped. Weekend Warrior apparently is going to be revamped just in time for the season to be over. So be sure to stay tuned for that. <laughs> time for baseball season, baby. Uh, Go exactly. Pray, pray with all you have while we're on our hiatus that the Sewers win their next two games. Uh, please. <laughs> Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> I don't want to get slapped by a goddamn con man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a fucking overraking fucking. Imagine <laughs> Connie the con man has a ring to it. Connie you know? the con man does have Connie a ring to it. These claws are going to hit you, imagine, man. Imagine getting slapped in the face by a literal rake. Right. I don't, Seriously. I'm not here for it, man. You know those hands are big as much as ra much rake he was taking out of the pot. That's you true. know it's going to hurt, man. That is true. All right, guys. That's going to do it for us. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. Don't forget you can get yourself for why merch. Uh, just hit hashtag merch in the chat or click the link below. Don't forget about the Academy. We have January 15th to the 17th. Don't worry. It's not real money. So nobody can cheat you there. <laughs> right. it's, it's fine. It's just for learning purposes. Uh, and finally, don't forget that we are releasing a new episode of poker out loud every Monday. Now, through i believe mid-march so be sure to sign up for solve for why.io if you haven't already we got a lot in store in 2024 we'll be coming back with a bang wednesday january 3rd full crew in tow everyone have a happy holiday happy holidays happy guys thanks for watching we'll see you guys peace, then. peace, peace. peace. peace.